Did Laura ever talk about my father? What do you mean? Nothing. No, what do you mean? He used to sing to her. Diane, it's 8.39 p.m. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Twin Peaks Peaks. My name's Ashley Brandt. My name is Matthew Olson, and this is our 50th episode of Twin Peaks Peaks. <laughs> so we're here to talk about part 16 with two returning guests. That's double the amount of guests we've ever had. Uh, please uh, welcome. We're welcoming. We're welcoming. I've never had to introduce two people at once. It's wild. I want to uh, hear the internet applaud for me. <laughs> we're going to edit in the applause. Yeah, we're going to edit in the applause for Jess Lane and Brendan James. Thank you for both being here. Hi, I'm Jess. Hi, I'm Brendan. Yeah. Brendan, you were here for part eight. Right. Which was pretty wild. I figured it all out. Oh, you figured it all out. <laughs> this was the one, yeah. That was the one episode that everyone, uh, that, that everyone wanted to, to unpack, and I solved it on your show mm. and yeah. there's no more questions about it thanks to uh what we did that day I, I saw the reddit thread for it and it's been crickets since yep. the episode premiered yep. yeah so remember that and jess you were on 12 i don't know i caught up uh around then yeah you yeah. were on 12 yeah oh boy everything's a blur Everything's a blur. Everything was pretty. It was a kind of a Dougie it's smear. Like Pre-episode <laughs> pre eight and post-episode eight, which is how I'm able to place anything that happens. In I the was return. quite post-episode eight. You were. I was. I was half expecting that part sixteen was just going to be like a direct follow-up. Just like it's been another eight episodes. Here's some more 1950s. But. I mean, I think we all thought we were going to get more of a follow-up, but <laughs> we get one off-the-cuff reference to the room above the the. Con- the gas station, which is the convenience store. Mm-hmm. And otherwise, we've not really uh, seen or heard from our friends in uh, White Sands, New Mexico. No. We'll, we'll see if that gets resolved at all with the last two hours after this. But I don't know where to start on this one because it's, it's a pretty big, important episode. Well, why don't we check in with uh, Brendan and Jess and see oh, yes. how they've been liking the last couple of episodes. That is how this show should be structured. I'm not going to edit this out. <laughs> this is just how we roll. So, Brendan, let's start with you since you were on a little further away in the mm. past and you had some reservations at the time. How have mm. the last eight episodes treated you? Um, highs, I would, lows? I, th- there have been highs. I mean, I've really, I think topping the list would be Ed and Norma getting together, which I know everyone loved. I don't think I'm... Do not get me started, but get. I'll talk about it in a minute. Um, <laughs> I, I was a huge fan of, of seeing that and how, how he executed it. Um, and you know, it's, it's a strange relationship that I've developed where I, with the show where I, I do look forward to it coming on and then I am left pretty cold every time I've actually sat Mm. through it. Uh, I'm, I'm 
probably going to be I, I maybe the most critical uh, on this episode because I just haven't I, I I still haven't been convinced that this needed to happen the entire reboot mm-hmm. and um, I'm I'll, I'll, I can get into that in a bit but I did really like the episode I came on to talk about that one time eight I thought eight was really good otherwise um, I haven't I, I haven't been crazy about uh, about the show has has there been any one moment you'd like to call out as good or bad other than the union of Ed and Norma? Um, if, if I wasn't going to choose that one, I would say that a, 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 a definite high point would be, um, would be actually in, in a recent one where um, Gordon relays the dream he had with Monica Belushi. Mm. I liked that a lot. Um, it's, a, yeah. it's a good scene. Yeah. Uh, all right. And Jess... I love every second of it. Every single second. You were texting me throughout you watching it this morning. I love every second of every episode. I love every second of sweeping. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I love it. Also, Ed and Norma, that song they use has like a ton of emotional importance to me personally. So I was bawling with it like before they even cut to inside the R&R. I was just like, no. (laughs) <laughs> I was ugly crying alone in my room. So you're still completely still on board. Thumbs up. Here's why Dale Cooper esque thumbs up. Here's why, like counterpoint to you not being sure if this even needs to happen, is that the series. I will, especially after this episode, episode sixteen, mm-hmm. which we are discussing. Uh, this show knows that it's a TV show. And it, it has a very, mm-hmm. a very strong meta commentary, which I think is fucking cool. <laughs> Work. Uh, so I don't have, we don't have the notes open in front. I do. Us. You do. Okay. Yeah. Are we going place by place? Yeah. You still haven't opened that document. I still haven't opened that document. Well, we have another thing we aren't quite talking about. No, yet I think we was, should do that, that was now. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's just do it now. Cause I think Cause we're gonna it's going to get cold throughout. Um, Long-time listeners of the show will remember that we had a food review segment. I don't think it ever had a real name. Just damn good food. Damn fine foods, I think is what we called it. Something like that, yeah. Because when we would just hang out and do this as two unemployed or marginally employed college grads, that seemed like a good gimmick. (laughs) And we haven't really brought it back for this because we haven't had time. We haven't had because time. we used to be able to watch the episode, plan it out, go to the grocery <laughs> store, have a plan B for when plan A was too ambitious, mm-hmm. and now we're uh, turning in uh, episodes around real quick mm-hmm. after they air on Showtime with no time to prepare. Elaborate. And yet we still come out after everybody else. It's not uh, our meals. Did you guys ever try to review a Black Yukon Sucker Punch? We okay. We, we have thought about that. <laughs> And I, we, I think when we looked at it, there wasn't like an agreed upon recipe for that. I think the other thing was we would have had to get multiple things. If we'd had most of those ingredients, would have done it 100%. All right, I'll make it for you guys later. Have you done it? I haven't done it, but I looked up all the recipes and then uh, decided that most of the video tutorials are very much wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you have your own. Do you have like the recipe on like the top of your head? Should we give that first? Your Jess Lane's no, personal I black econ sucker punch. No, I don't have it off of the top of my head. Thank you. <laughs> what's the main? Here's the one thing I never understood: is what's the main liquor in it? Because I don't think the judge. This is the drink that the judge who. It's everything. Everything in the scene 
is in the cocktail. Everything. <laughs> Everything on the bar is in the cocktail. David Lynch planned it out so that if you want to know the ingredients, you can just look at the shot. Fantastic. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So a lot then. It's a lot of different things. Yeah. Okay. Coffee, blue curacao, seltzer. Uh, I think there's either vodka or gin on the table and egg white. I think that's it. Mm. All right. Well, for this installment, we went a lot simpler than the Black Yukon Sucker Punch. We just went with some black coffee courtesy of David Lynch's uh, own signature coffee brand. and A-plus organic house blend. <laughs> yeah, uh, this was the whole bean. So, Ashley, you brought your uh, grinder, and then we did French press, and we're all sipping this, I think, really good coffee. I'll just be the first. Looking forward to the sponsorship. <laughs> The, for the remaining just for the last episode yes. the one remaining episode yeah half a million dollars yeah. for the last episode finally david all his work <laughs> you in. have an invoice in your email inbox yeah just get it to us when you can mm-hmm. this was uh, for further context this was roasted on july 6th 2017 yeah and we kept it sealed so mm. these are really fresh beans freshly ground this is not my favorite brew method but um i think it uh turned out okay it's nice as the, I think, of the four of us, the most coffee experienced, yes. having been professionally trained as a yes. barista by Stump Town. Stump Town. Yeah. What are some, give us that real coffee lingo. Okay. So real coffee lingo. So the thing that stuck out to me is when you um, taste the coffee and you hold it in your mouth, um, the taste you're getting is on the front of your tongue. So that's more of a sour taste, whereas bitter is on the back of your tongue. So that's something that you can use to think about how the coffee was roasted. So if something um, is really heavily roasted, like it's a dark roast, it tends to be more bitter. You taste it on the back of your tongue. This is a lighter roast, so it's on the front of your tongue. It's not the lightest of roasts, I would say, um, but that also my perception might be colored by the fact that we used a French press. So on the scale of brewing methods, you have French press at one end, Chemex at the other end. French press is what allows in the most oils and grounds. So you Mm. get a little more like mouth feel and like body to the coffee. Whereas with Chemex, you're using a chemical grade filter. So it's like a really clear, clarified taste. So if you wanted to do like real tasting notes, you would do a Chemex. Word. That's dope. Coffee is fun. That's legit. As someone who never drinks coffee because I'm a little teeny tiny baby and it makes me go (laughs) crazy. It's really good and mild. It's not too bitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brendan? Uh, yeah. I'm a bit of a philistine, uh, especially compared to that, uh, that, that little art. tutorial. <laughs> uh, but it's pretty good. Yeah. I say, I say A plus indeed, David. I will say it is the David Lynch outfit of coffees. It's a crisp white shirt <laughs> and a no frills suit jacket. Yeah. You're not, it's not necessarily going to like catch your eye. But like you're gonna, there's no nutty. It's coffee. Yeah, when you look at it, you're like, like, yeah, you're put together. This is this is what it should be. Also, please note that I am dressed like David Lynch right now, but no one can see. Listeners, it's very good. Trust that Jess is Jess came ultra prepared. Okay, honestly, just an accident. What I accidentally (laughs) wore this morning. Awesome. Uh, So let's talk about part sixteen, and you have us in the notes starting in Las Vegas. Yes. Okay, because we. Do we open in Las Vegas? I've watched this episode twice. I we, should know better. We open in an indeterminate location that must have been walking okay, distance yes. for Jerry Horn. Yeah. But, okay. Right. Um, we'll start but let's Las start Vegas. in Las Vegas because that's really where the action is. We get 
Dougie in the hospital and we get his beloved family, including Bushnell, holding vigil over his bedside. Um, and we get some pointed questions such as, does the coma have something to do with electricity? And um, someone else asking, does this have anything to do with electricity? And in this case, yes. Yes, it does. Yeah. Did did anyone inform them that Dougie... I mean, I guess, yeah, Bushnell goes, yeah. actually, in this case, it very much does. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. sure. Janie was like, oh, yeah, he stuck a fork in the electrical outlet. One moment he was watching Sunset Boulevard and eating cake the next. And they were all like, of course, that oh, Dougie, what oh, a Dougie. lovable oaf. Just sticking a fork in the, in the outlet. Yeah. Uh, Just another one of his episodes. Can't you see, like, a scene with Naomi Watts being so harried and, like, mm. fondly exasperated with Dougie explaining what he did to a nurse? <laughs> it just made her fall more in love with him. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. So we start there, and immediately I was like, okay, is he going to be in this bed the entire episode? Because that's what I, I would have predicted. that's where this was going. Yeah. Well, they literally, Janie E. literally says, sometimes it can last for years. And I was like, what a tease that Dougie Coop is going to be in a coma for forever and he's never going to wake up. I thought that was the funniest. But uh, I think actually we got things moving along a lot quicker than I expected because we also... I think before we cut back to the hospital, we see that the FBI has finally identified the correct address for the Douglas Jones in question, uh, as have Chantal and Hutch. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess we'll just say like, okay, so they're on Dougie's trail. Like they're so right. close. Both this is like parties. in both instances, we're seeing the conversion of several storylines, both at the hospital and at Dougie's house. Uh, Cause we also get, we get the FBI, we get Chantal and Hutch, we get the Mitchums in both locations. Mm-hmm. This is the final scene of A Midsummer Night's Dream or the end of a Seinfeld episode. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it is. They're really tying everything up in Vegas. Like, we're not going to be in Vegas for the finale, which I think is a surprise to a lot of people, me included. I, I did not trust that we were going to be in Vegas, but I did not. I had no inkling that they were going to go for I like I like the Seinfeld connection. This is the this eyebrow is, lowbrow. Take your mm-hmm. reference, Brendan. How did you feel seeing Kyle in the bed? Did you go? We're just going to drag this out, or I actually thought that uh, I was pretty confident he was going to wake up as Cooper within the first half. Short order. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why. I I I just was pretty confident going it. in. Yeah. yeah. It just sort of there was an inertia, um, and and the way that he set you up. Uh, in the last episode uh, mm-hmm. with him recognizing the name Gordon. The setup seemed is, is so great. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That, that, that I really liked, you know, I came into this episode very <laughs> critical, but it's, it's true that there are lots of scenes that I, 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 I do like mm-hmm. and, and I, or, or, or love even. Um, and I, I guess maybe I should revise what I said that I don't think it's a bad show. I just don't really think it's a great Twin Peaks reboot. I, I think it is a something else that I would have liked to maybe seen have its own home outside of the universe, which I know makes me sound like a cranky, um, uh, nostalgic um, sort of sort of kid. Ooh, I would say that the fact that it is called Twin Peaks: The Return is like an active decision to say that this is actually not the same show. And I will point mm. to something like. A similar filmmaker, or not similar, but another indie filmmaker, Todd Salon's mm-hmm. redoing Happiness oh, yeah. as Life During mm-hmm. Wartime sure. as like 
not a straight sequel, but a complete reimagining and recasting mm-hmm. of like this world and sort of like a flip flop, same, not the same kind yeah. of like filmmaking, it's, it's, it, especially 15 years later. It's, yep. it's a, it is the same uh, real time timeline revisiting mm-hmm. of a world. Mm-hmm. No, I, and I, you know, normally I would love something like that. I guess I, I guess I am kind of a cranky nostalgist yeah. because I want, I, I think that my, my biggest issue is just that, what I what what Twin Peaks always was was the story was the story of Laura Palmer. She was the silent protagonist of the first uh, of the of the two seasons, and then the explicit protagonist on screen of the film, which I the film is my favorite iteration of Twin Peaks of uh, Firewalk with Me. Uh, the villain was Bob, and we've had basically like two minutes of screen time for obvious reasons. Frank Silva is not alive anymore, but in archival footage and such. This has just not been about really either of them. Yeah. Um, to the point where it's even unclear whether the Cooper doppelganger is Bob or or not or whatever. And um, I know I complained last time that I came on that I just it, it feels so limiting to try and do a show where actors are uh, unavailable and you have to change the story as a result. So the the fact that it is no longer the story of Laura Palmer, it is now the story of Cooper. Uh, that's something that I was really probably never going to get over. Yeah, this is still something that I, like, this is my biggest apprehension, I guess I'd say, rather than say this for later, going into the finale is, like, we we open with Laura every episode. Right. and had some very explicit references to Laura, including, as I think we discussed in the part eight, mm-hmm. eight episode, like... The Laura planet. The Laura yeah. orb yeah. Uh, that descends the to Laura. The diaries, like... Yeah. And they keep reminding other characters about Laura. Yeah. But... We're going to revisit Bobby Laura. Riggs cries. Yes. Bobby Riggs does some good crying. And uh, Cheryl's credited in crying. every episode. Yeah, yeah. just just for and a photo. That opening in most sequence, cases. damn. It's so peripheral, though, don't you think? Yeah, that's that. But that is how I actually feel. I do agree with you on that point, and that's my concern. Is th- this episode for the way once we once we get past Dougie? Yeah, uh, and and we see how Vegas ties up for. Uh, Cooper, I felt better about where they were taking the Cooper mm-hmm. storyline, and I could see being completely happy with that in some hypothetical world where they sort of tied up what's going on with Laura at the start of the series and had some way to say, firewalk with me, pull the f- complete story, and now we're focusing in on a different set of characters. If there was a way that they had handled that, I'd be like, Totally happy. But right. my one lingering concern is we do have Laura's shadow cast over this story, especially with a couple episodes back, whatever's going on with Sarah Palmer. Yeah. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. So that has to not just have a payoff, but it has to feel like it's of a step with Firewalk with me and with the series, I think, for it to not feel like a, like a misstep, I guess. Based on what we learned in this episode and had confirmed in this episode, I would say that Audrey and Diane are now in the same category of person as Laura. I would definitely say Diane is a similar category. Yeah. Uh, Audrey, Audrey, I'm still, I'm still, I personally have no idea what's up with Audrey. No, I mean, in terms of being, mm, being abused. Yes. Audrey as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I don't know where Audrey's, storyline is sure, intersecting on like totally... a mythological no but level. i'm i'm no. on the same page with you thank you yeah were we talking in the hospital or in front of the jones house now 
We could talk about either because, well, I mean, the the house doesn't go very far because Hutch and Chantal get taken out by uh, someone who's credited as Polish accountant. This is my favorite scene. That's a great scene. In the episode, actually. This, like, is a bow on the Tarantino homage yeah. thread. It's also reminded Ooh. me of the, the, the thing I felt like my physiological response to this scene watching it play out, even though I was like, I like Hutch and Sontal. I think they're fun characters. Um, and I even like the uh, the FBI guy who's been getting yelled at the last couple yeah. episodes. It was, I, I felt the same investment I felt as in Breaking Bad, which Breaking Bad, spoilers, if you've not seen this show, there's a scene where Hank uh, is attacked by two assassins in a parking right. lot. And the momentum that this scene had and the, and God, the capper with uh with um the Mitchum brothers observing yeah it reminded me like how we were talking i think maybe this was like part five six we were saying like the dougie storyline as a cipher or reflection of you know prestige tv after twin peaks i'm just like this is this is their version of one of those like big out of nowhere like explosion of violence scenes that i liked it for that and i was reading it in that lens but i don't know uh, the Tarantino might be a little more on the nose. I mean, it's interesting that this is the end that Chantal and Hutch meet since we've been following them on their journey to assassinate Dougie. And now they're, the random they're killed accountant. by someone who's never been credited in a previous episode. They've been truly flawless up until this moment. Mm. I think it felt like a fan servicey moment or also like the divine intervention of the one of the lodges sort of like getting these this is what happens when they run out of cheetahs oh my god yeah it seems either like they ran out of time to wrap this up or whatever or um that it is sort of this existentialist absurdist like twist of fate i think i think it's got to be intended to be the twist of fate thing because having the mitchums give their little observation like people are stressed like it seems he likes uh clumsy well these people these two haven't been clumsy but he likes botched hits. Yeah, the uh, scene like in Mulholland, Mulholland Drive. Drive. It also yeah. reminded me of that a little bit. Uh, yeah. The woman getting shot through the wall. Like, yeah. Just this comedy of errors. Playing and then out. just an extended, you know, farcical scene yeah. of like violence, but also slapstick yeah. comedy. I was, I was convinced that the van was going to blow up too. I yeah, thought we I were going to stay gonna in actually yeah. much longer, but yeah. we it cut out. It was a comical shower of bullets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this machine pistol <laughs> spitting out like 50 bullets. drift into the pole. Yeah. All of it was quite comical. Yeah. And that whole cul-de-sac too, to reference Breaking Bad, like the red yes. door and that like McMansion development is very Breaking Bad. And I would say that the pacing of this season where you're like, what is going to happen? What's going to happen is very reminiscent of the last season of Breaking Bad. Where mm-hmm. you're, you're like waiting for like, when is this going to, how are they going to, mm-hmm. it's very similar. That build. Yeah. Uh, and back in the hospital, uh, I think we got to talk about the humming noise that, that precedes yes. oh, yeah. this whole thing. Cause it is the exact same sound as we've heard uh, at the great, northern um and it seems like all it does is lure uh, bushnell away bushnell away and then we get our boy mike for the first time in a couple episodes uh just in a chair (laughs) i don't know the significance of the chair uh, but taking taking care of uh cooper as he has been all along impatiently taking care of cooper that was funny when he says you're awake finally yeah i mean that must have been some kind of nod to 
I, I mean, they they knew I'm what totally they were doing. A, I'm totally a Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, they knew what they were doing. But it's, I mean, for me, like I just said, I think my favorite scene in this episode, trying to divorce myself from like Cooper's back. What mm. was like watching the Chantal Hutch Mitchum's FBI thing play out because it was it came out of nowhere and it felt like it could have been in another David Lynch thing. Yeah, so forth. This was just here, Revel and Kyle going right from in the bed to like yes. the same performance he gave 25 years yes. ago without mm-hmm. skipping a beat, like mm-hmm. snapped right back into it. And that was just like really fun to watch. Um, and then he also like knows things out of like knows right. things that we're not privy to. Um, well, he knows how the lodge works and he remembers everything that's happened to Dougie. So he's got a lot of information that he's working with. Mm-hmm. Um, he does a lot of kindnesses. I feel like Cooper really like brought kindness to the first two seasons, I guess. And I was just noticing all of kind of the small gestures that he makes that had been absent in, you know, the third season up till this point, it's talking specifically about his conversation with Janie and Sunny Jim and getting the seed so he can make another Dougie for Janie. Do we think that's oh what God. the seed is for? Yeah, that's totally what it's I for. I didn't know what he needed the seed for. Yeah. And that's so sweet and insane. I'm leaning towards that, but... I also he might wonder, need it for something else. He by might the, die by the, and by the time body. by the time it becomes relevant, he might need it for something else. Yeah. But he does mm-hmm. say to Janie, right. "Dougie's gonna come back because yeah. she knows this is not her husband, and she loves Dougie for some reason." I was texting Matt that it was so funny how much Janie hated Cooper as soon as he could talk. <laughs> I was like, "She does not like this." Actually, I read it differently. I I read that she knew this whole time or realized at that moment, at least that she actually doesn't want Dougie back. She liked this new guy. I mean, she liked Cooper a lot. She, as soon as she sees that he's fit, mm-hmm. you know, the- and then she starts to appreciate his quiet kind of kind, docile nature. And then by the, you know, the end of it now, she's clearly in love with him. And then she, I think she might realize like, Oh, I'm getting the original Dougie back. And when we first enter that world, she seems to always be fed up with Dougie. So I think the old Dougie is someone she didn't care for all that much. I think I think their relationship was strained. And I guess my gut tells me that if the plan here is to manufacture another tulpa, I guess we'll say in this case. Yep. To make a distinction between that and doppelgangers, which might be I don't know if that distinction doing. exists, but... Um, I, I think... If you're going to get a Dougie that is manufactured by Coop as opposed to by Mr. C, the yeah. doppelganger Mr. C, it's probably going to be of a better stripe. I'm not going to say it's going to be the same as having, uh, you know, the real deal article there, I, though. We're, we're getting a lot of the mm. like metaphysics of this in this episode. It could Cooper be. will swing by once a year to check in <laughs> and make sure he's still in shape. You Just can a imagine. Christmas dad. I hope someday we all have our own personal Kyle McLaughlin. Yeah. yeah. Cardboard standee is available on Showtime. No, um. I did have a different reading of that scene, though, because when I was watching her interacting, Janie interacting with Cooper, I kind of, I think, realized that maybe the person she was in love with was the quiet Dougie and that maybe his like inarticulateness had been part of his characterization far beyond the time in which they switch places or whatever. Um, And that that's what she liked because she had the position of power in the relationship. I think she totally likes that he's 
more conventionally attractive and like has right. nice things. And I think that's also part of the narrative here. But I don't know. I, I kind of read it. I agree, and I think it's sick that she loves essentially a meat puppet man. (laughs) And I think what's also sick is, from what I can tell, or like what my brain is making sense of it is, Cooper could be picking up on that and could make a Dougie that is just the meat puppet Dougie we've all come to love over the last 12 episodes and send it on to Vegas, and then she's like, Dougie's back. But I think that like the good fortune that he brings is contingent on the lodge, so I don't think there's a way for him to manufacture that. It won't be Mr. Jackpots, but it'll be... It'll How do you Dougie. like your coop? Just I no like more mine gambling problem, easy. no more prostitutes. Yeah. I think mm. that's what she wants. I, th- I think the stability is going to be, if if we see a, a Dougie replacement made, yeah. it's not going to be the green uh, blazer wearing gambling, you know, schmuck. It's going to be of a, of a better Dale Cooper influenced Start. Yeah, I was thinking back to that scene, though, because that's the only time we see Dougie before they switch places when he's in the green blazer mm-hmm. and he's with Jade or I think that's her name. Um, And he's talking about how he can't move his arm. And she's just like, isn't this a problem or don't mm. you need to get up? And he just says, eh. and I think maybe that's who he was. Maybe he was always passive. <laughs> yeah, he was always really passive, maybe right. like kind of non vocal. I actually read this really interesting article in The New Yorker about how David Lynch uh, in his 20s was like really inarticulate and couldn't talk Mm. and how he and his first wife like would talk about this period where he just couldn't put words to feelings so Mm -hmm. maybe that's so sweet it's an expression of that the best troll in the world would be if the next twin peaks was just a spinoff a la um oh shoot what's the um odenkirk show oh better call Saul. it's better call Saul, but for dougie but it's just for dougie yeah (laughs) i mean i would love that I i would be down uh there's also the possibility, I saw this float, which was like, I mean, what if what if Cooper manufactures a tulpa to take his place and then he goes back to Vegas to live <laughs> out a life with Janie and Sonny Jim? No chance. No I'm chance, rolling. I don't think so. Yeah. I'm rolling my eyes so hard. Uh, he's he's He is the FBI, which was a great like fist pump line. And he's, I think... That was fun. He's going to continue on in that role unless some, well, I mean, some stuff is going to happen in the Shout next Shout out episode. James Comey. Shout out Clearly to Clearly a uh, topical. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, the, the rapid fire awakening of Cooper is, I think, also fits into the meta commentary like TV show thing. It's like so ridiculous. I'm not. I got to say, you guys are right about all that stuff with the meta. And I'm not a fan. I'm not mm. a fan of, of the meta commentary. I'm not a fan of, of Lynch, uh, of self-conscious Lynch. In, in Twin Peaks. I wonder I wonder if the self-conscious thing also is maybe more of an influence of, of Mark in, in mm, some way yeah, in the, in the yeah, writer's room. Because um, we can feel that push-pull mm. in the old show and places, but certainly here I think like we've had those more expository episodes where it's been lighter on the the kind of things we consider Lynchian and it's like, Okay, You're maybe probably the, right. You're the probably scene, right. The scene with the shootout is like that was David's baby for this part and then creating the perfect return for Cooper is just like, well, what's the best thing we could have? Yeah, like finger sandwiches. Yeah. That's going to be a really fucking good line. And Kyle's going to kill it, but it's not necessarily the, I mean, if we were to go off fire walk with me, that would alone suggest that like, was Cooper ever the thing David was most interested in about the show? And it's like, no, not then at least not at that period in the yeah. creative yeah. process. But then I, people got old and people died, and he had to do it about Cooper. And it just doesn't feel as as honest as Fire Walk with Me, which is 
seems like genuinely like the culmination of what he loved about that world yeah. and why he wanted to do more films about it. I will say that the meta television commentary to me is a Magritte. This is not a pipe reference. <laughs> it's fully it's fully art. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I like to to. I mean, I'm, I was the one who brought up Breaking Bad in the first place. Like, see it as the show taking an opportunity to look at shows that have come after it. But I don't know. I'm in the middle. Or is like, I like that aspect, but I still agree with you that like, if we've traded that away by the end of this, by the end of the next two hours, and it doesn't feel like it slots into place with the stuff that's come before. I sound like a broken record at this point. I'll I'll be a little bummed. I'll be a little mm-hmm. bummed. It'll yeah. be great to be like the next two hours are like it's gonna be a, a movie with Cooper in it. Like that's that alone is be. wild. It could be yeah. we or or we'll start in White Sands for an hour. Um, I hope so. Oh my god, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, I mean, yeah, I don't care. That's an interesting point though about Frost possibly being um, the source of whether you like 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 the 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 disparate elements or you don't like them like maybe the parts i'm complaining about all the time are frost uh influenced and that lynch is usually responsible for the darker scenes the the more um the the things that are most evocative of say fire walk with me that may those may be him in in his most uh influential moments in the writing and then frost is taking over for some of the more kitschy Stuff. If Frost was responsible for the line "these grapes are on the edge" in the original series, <laughs> then Frost is my favorite part of Twin Peaks. Well, that was that was his dad, uh, <laughs> which is yeah, one of the great. I think yeah, didn't we? That have was that? a sign-off line for like a lot of yeah, for a lot really? of the original yeah. one of our show. That was yeah. my we favorite. had two. That was one of them. Um, that like, this is not an original thought of my own. I think in fact probably the first place I saw this this season was on Joel Baco's blog, who guessed it on our show a couple episodes back. Um, the idea that, that the red room has always been like, that was in, in the development of the show, having the season two finale actually take place in the red room and have that be like what they were doing in terms of addressing the lodge plot line was an invention by David Mm-hmm. Because the original script, if I'm not mistaken, had something like a dentist's office or something. Mm. And it started to incorporate all sorts of different imagery. And David scrapped that. Yeah. And then you got the season two finale, which yeah. is still one of the, the highlights. Yeah. yeah. And I think I think it was Joel on his blog who said that it feels like in terms of how much we've been able to glean the rules of the lodge, especially regarding the ring, which Mike hands to Cooper right there. Uh, to indicate like this is how you're going to pull Mr. C in mm-hmm. like we've gone from not really knowing what's up with the ring you know seeing it only in fire walk with me and having some sense of its connection to the lodge and a protection or bond with Laura to oh you put the ring on it means like if you die you're going to pop up in the lodge or you you can get sucked into the lodge like that's a mark from like that's the clearest distinction I can think of is Going the step further from dream imagery mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. layering rules Mythology. that are, yeah. that are yeah. clearly articulated enough where you can go like, okay, Ray put on the ring and then he died and then his body was in the lodge. Got it. Like, right. David yeah. will stop short of you being able to make that connection. Sure. And with Mark in the room, when it works for the story that they're building mutually, yeah. Mark will 
put the rules yeah. in. And it's yeah. important, to, of course, to note that Firewalk with Me was written not with Frost, but with Bob Engels. Yeah. yeah. And that, that, that could be, you know, responsible for these, these different, uh, slightly different worlds. Yeah. I was really wondering if you we were going to get, well, this is a thing we talked about when we talked about secret history, but like that was the first time he touched on, um, uh, Carl Rod, Harry Dean Stanton's character. Mm-hmm. And we haven't had as much Harry Dean as I would have maybe liked, but yeah. like the idea of Mark doing any of this firewalk with me mythology stuff is, it makes it a lot harder, I think, to then separate like what is David's and what is mm-hmm. Mark's influence. Mm-hmm. Because if you just wanted David's and Bob Engels, you'd point at the movie and say, mm-hmm. that was it. Mark mm-hmm. had barely anything to do with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I'm curious, did the convertible scene remind anyone else of Firewalk with me and Leland Which, in the convertible? Leland, yeah. Uh, not that not that's not that particular scene. I don't I don't know. Just just a, a just like convergence of just the convertible. Okay. <laughs> but um, we're recording on the twenty fifth anniversary of Firewalk with me. Yeah, so. we should mention that, yeah. Fiftieth episode, twenty fifth anniversary of Firewalk with me's American release. Whoa. Yeah. It's a pretty cool day. Mm. So Let's let's wrap up Vegas because Cooper gets down to business. He takes his family to the Silver Mustang Casino, not his family, uh, but they're they're there. Uh, he says his goodbyes. He tells Janie that someone's going to be back at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you think Brett Gelman's going to keep him safe, or has he been completely shit canned? Oh, I think he's been kicked to the curb. Okay, but he tells uh, the brothers they have. Hearts of gold, and that they're yeah. going to be okay because they're kind of worried about the Which fact is that they're classic FBI uh, <laughs> collaborate with uh, mobsters and yep. protect them for 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 your working relationship. Yeah. Hell yeah! yeah. Kick them like to the curb. Chantal no. says, "We're all murdering or something." <laughs> yeah, um, paraphrased. Yeah. But uh, Rod runs down this list of like things that Cooper has apparently told him. I don't know why they would believe these things, but they seem to. But to me, like him running down that list of like, so you're an FBI agent, you've been missing for 25 uh-huh. years, was um, David and Mark kind of affirming that this is not a red herring. Because we've had so many red herrings about Dougie waking up, Dougie getting back to Twin Peaks, but he's on a plane to Spokane with two people, right. five people who know his origin story. This is right. also great for me personally, because I called last week that if I wanted to see anybody from the Vegas storyline pop up in Mitchum. Twin Peaks, it'd That's be the Mitchums and Mandy Candy I and agree. Sandy. Yeah. And it's, yes, this I show, do like that. I, I like that aspect that they're, they're now uh, sort of co co-conspirators yeah. with Cooper. I think it was, so it was part 12 when we had you on Jess and mm-hmm. we talked, we had, we had the Jim Belushi talk. Oh yeah. And I was, I had come around <laughs> at that point in that episode being especially pro Belushi. Uh, how are you feeling now? I love them now that they're a couple of dumb, lovable go- g- goofs. Goose. Okay. The, so the snap. Yeah. yeah. Who's the other Side actor? Uh, Robert Nepper. Yeah. I like him even more than Belushi, actually, to be yeah. honest. I'm just amazed that why. this show made me like Belushi as yeah. much as it has. Yeah. Him needing it, his Bloody Mary before he can listen. Very good touch. <laughs> so good. Yep. That is funny. Um, yep. Yeah. I just want to see the five of them roll into the double R and interact with some Twin Peaks characters. I hope they don't just stay on the jet in What if they Spokane. go to One-Eyed Jacks? I, they're not going to do that. We are not fitting One-Eyed Jacks into the last they gotta two go hours. To Canada. Yeah, I'm sure that that's got to be closed now, right? 
I well, Although, we got a see- Renault at the Roadhouse. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. I thought that was like uh, Ben isn't of- running it. Ben turned it into a family resort. <laughs> <laughs> one eye, one eye. Jacks is now like the uh, uh, it was like water slides and stuff. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, oh man, I was trying to think of the the Great Wolf Lodge. I think yeah, that's, that's the one in Washington. Yeah. Oh, that's everywhere. Oh, that's oh, that's a chain. Yeah, I've been to one in Michigan. <laughs> okay, okay. Or maybe maybe Jerry's using that old real estate to you know grow some some BC bud. Who knows? Mm. Yeah, that's a probably more profitable. So we we cut the the Cooper storyline. It's so nice to say the Cooper storyline now with them just they're on the way to the jet. And I think that's yeah. the end of mm-hmm. Vegas. Yeah. We get more shots of driving around Vegas because I think David's really enjoying that imagery. Very, very close to another reprise of Viva Las Vegas. Yeah. But thankfully not. Um, but we should talk about South Dakota. Yeah. The, well, the first scene. Where yeah. the, his son gets obliterated. That's not yeah. in South Dakota, though. That's but no. I is, just mean we didn't didn't it, that open the episode. Yeah, it did open the episode. Rewind. I was thinking of it as a South Dakota because okay. it. DJ, run that shit back. Let's talk about the beginning of the episode. Then. Well, let's all Google the coordinates and find out where the hell they are, huh? Oh yeah, did they have a full? Yeah, they did have a full coordinate readout at some point on screen. They've had a couple of those. Does anyone know what happened there? Because there's just there's points now where I I just say I'll ask someone else and I don't think yeah. too hard about it. What happened at the to very his, beginning to the uh, to Richard, Richard. Horn. to Richard Horn? Yeah, I truly don't. But he got canaried in the coal mine. Yeah, exactly. Let's let's establish Speaking this of. though. They make a point of saying that Mister C has gotten coordinates from three, three sources people. and two match and one don't, mm-hmm. and he he gives Richard this little test, which is like, right. which would you check out first? And Richard. The one that, I think fucking fails. Yeah. By being like, oh, the two that match, clearly. Like, no, motherfucker. Yeah. Be paranoid. Right. That's the conspiracy you're fighting against. Right. Um, Who are the three sources? Dummy so, check me. So I believe at this point. Philip Jeffries. Philip. Ooh. Diane. But questionable. Questionable. Because why is she sending follow up coordinates? I guess is my. Which we. We'll yes. get into. And then uh, it would be. Ray. Ray, or is that the same? Ray via Hastings. Ray via Hastings. And the didn't Ray say he gave him the wrong coordinates or am I making that scene up? I think you're making that scene up. Okay. But there is a concern because Ray had it. He gets the right him. coordinates. Um, Ray is definitely one of the two misleading ones that leads to this. And is that Philip Jeffries, the real Philip Jeffries? Or the tea, the, 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 like the... The teapot Philip Jeffries or there's some the guy who's pretending to be Philip Jeffries. The, the, the coordinates we're referring to are the ones that Jeffries gave in the last episode. Right. Yeah. Okay. Teapot Jeffries. Teapot Jeffries, I guess we'll refer to him as. Um so yeah, like quick quick like pull R.I.P. Here. David Bowie, by the way. Another character that we can't see in the show because he's dead. I know. Yeah. Um so they had to turn him into a teapot. So <laughs> Did anybody else just go like Richard? You're gonna fucking die! Like you don't oh, go for the one. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but it's good. It's cool. It was a cool scene. Yeah. It was. It died. was a. It was a Highlander fucking quickening, is what it was. Yeah. Like all you needed was the actual like lightning bolts arcing down from the sky. Yeah. Um. That that was. They also do a reverse shot where he's like transparent. Mm-hmm. I think like you can see if you look closely, like he's. They're basically like just kind of like. Yeah. 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 He's he's, he's going up like to disintegrating his head. up yeah. to his head. Yeah. And it, pops like a firework like yeah that was, yeah. was really cool imagery but like do i know like other than it being a sort of bad thing lodge trap for mm-hmm. uh the doppelganger i have no idea but it was the, it was certainly the trap it was certainly not wherever he's trying to get to yeah so. 
that's it. This, Jerry was there. This possibly opens up, and, and we're already uh, pretty far in, so I, I stop me if, if, if this has been discussed elsewhere or if it would take up too much time, but it is relevant that uh, is this his doppelganger, is this Cooper's doppelganger, and is Bob inside of him at this point? Uh, was he removed from him when he got shot and then the woodsmen crowded around him? And yeah. And is this basically what I'm asking is, has all of this been the, the uh, scheme of the doppelganger or has it been the scheme of Bob using the doppelganger's body? Because I, I actually had not given that a whole up, a whole lot of thought up until this point. I would say doppelganger, Ashley. In, in which case, what is Bob doing? That's a question that I have. Question I still have. Because yeah. I do think it seems like Bob was in the body. Bob is not in the body. But what is the difference, I guess, is like the question at this point. Because I can't discern a difference in motivation or action between those two versions of Mr. C. I mean, I would go and try to compare this to Leland but then you could also argue that like their their behaviors are clearly very different but you could just argue that like well Leland is a big dummy and Coop is like the most intelligent man in the world so like you put a bob inside of Leland and you mm-hmm. get like a scared little creep mm-hmm. and you put a bob inside of Coop and you get the most yeah like but successful I, it's kind of a mess life. though isn't it because it was Leland was Bob possessing Leland or Leland's doppelganger? Is Bob possessing right. Cooper? And then there's another right. Cooper who's in the right. like. I think this is one of those things where, again, it'd be nice if this story was being told with all the resources at his disposal. And what's the Sarah yeah. Cooper versus? Or uh, sorry, a Sarah Palmer yeah, versus? Yeah, exactly. That's a like big what, what is a Leland versus a Mr. C? Is that is that a style like the the Sarah Palmer pull my face off? Is that just like we have effects now whereby we're not mm. just going to? Oh, also, but the effects are intentionally no, bad, which oh, yeah. I love, love to talk about when we get to Diane. But in the last yeah. episode of of the, of the original series, Cooper walks into the bathroom, whatever he is, walks into the bathroom, and just like they presented Leyland, you see Bob in the mirror. Yeah, yes. that is not like. I mean, maybe it's the doppelganger because they do make a point uh, to show in the lodge the doppelganger standing next to Bob. Yeah. yeah, but it's still presented like what happened to Leyland. That's now Cooper. exactly. And yeah. this whole reboot, we've been acting like no, no, it's a different thing where How it's the doppelganger. I always yeah. read the show before the return was that the the existence of a doppelganger in the space of the lodge was just a way of like representing. That's what like I thought. That, duality that's what i thought and then it can be usurped but Mm -hmm. there is something to i I think there is something to the fact that like we don't see we don't see bob catch cooper in the lodge right like cooper is caught or in the red room rather in the finale cooper is caught by his own doppelganger Mm -hmm. and that long reprise of i think they do it twice actually uh because it's when they first ask is like part two uh mike asks cooper in the red room do you remember your doppelganger and mm-hmm. we get that shot of them standing next to one another yeah and then when we were with the doppelganger in the prison where they do the face morph yep we get that long recut where you're just yeah. like really focusing in on two these are two separate true things. and we see bob come out yeah so i'm and i'm trying to pull back on like hawk talking about the the color on the threshold yeah, and yeah, so yeah, forth yeah. and like that whole lodge exposition dump it feels right to me that the doppelganger is a thing that's separate from bob especially if as we discussed in part eight if 
bob is only something that came into the world from the atom bomb Mm -hmm. right and thinking about that this is not an answer as to like what bob's relationship with the doppelgangers is but i'm maybe thinking that like the doppelgangers are kind of part of this natural division between good and evil that we see in the white and Mm -hmm. the black lodges and that the tulpas are maybe um kind of analogous to bob and the red room and they're this like manufactured human Mm -hmm. thing that has not an inherent badness but we've kind of foisted our badness upon us us being human people Uh manufacturing these things something i kind of talked about in the last episode but that definitely doesn't explain what bob's relationship is is. i'm totally it's totally been made clear that he's not of the lodge even in the missing pieces bits, or I think it's just in the missing pieces, not in Firewalk with Me, where he says, "I have a uh, the fury of my my own momentum," mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and he's like almost being like lectured by their other spirits in the lodge. Like that's, I, I think that's been well set up. But as, as I guess to to bring it back to this episode, I'm not clear. I guess the first for the first time it occurred to me: Have we just been watching the doppelganger? like basically this whole time trying to be prevented from being sucked back in the lodge, not Bob. In which case, as you said, I don't know what Bob is even about. So, so my my thing here is that Cooper, sorry, Mr. C survived getting shot once. Uh-huh. The woodsmen seemed to sort of come to his aid and uh-huh. they either extracted Bob or kept Bob in. But that was like, that was like insurance almost. Like the doppelganger was shot, survived it. Ray was surprised. He was informed to that point, like, you just got to shoot this guy and Mm -hmm. you're good. It was apparently not good. Leland being a regular person who had some very shitty tendencies, who was a bad person in in some ways, then who would get taken over by Bob. Like, that's just like a regular person inhabited by this otherworldly evil spirit thing. The idea of a doppelganger existing for everyone that's its own like force of evil, maybe of a natural origin, mm-hmm. and pairing that with this other thing, like mm-hmm. that's like the threat that I see is like it's not just it'd be one thing to have the doppelganger around the world. It'd be one thing to have Bob inhabiting another person. The combination of the two is like a terror of its own, like different stripe. Mm-hmm. And so the doppelganger's motivation is to not get sucked into lodge. Right. And whatever his relationship with Bob would be is to whatever additional power that grants him. Because we know whoever was posing as Philip Jeffries, the one thing they said is, soon I will be with Bob again. Which makes me think that Bob could also be seen as like a desirable pairing for some other force. Yeah. And we know, but again, I just, I just, and this could have been for a dramatic effect in that last scene, but in the last scene of, of, of the series, he's in yeah. the mirror. Yeah. So I don't know what that means. Basically, this was all I was hoping to learn what the fuck's going on with that. But I think we all still have the question of where is Bob right now? Yeah. Is like yeah. was Bob taken out? Is Bob still with the doppelganger? I'm unsure because we haven't you, you don't know, we see haven't had another scene of him looking in the mirror. Yep. I mean Bob's mommy is running around. It seems like Bob's mommy is running around for sure. Might be Sarah Palmer. Yeah, definitely. Might yeah. have always been Sarah Palmer. We don't know. I kinda um, wanna go ooh. back to Firewalk with me and observe Leland more, but I don't know that that's going to give us any more answers. I mean, we know Leland dies regretting everything. Yes. Which should imply it's not a doppelganger sitting there crying in the, in the prison with his head cracked open. That's yeah. him. Mm-hmm. So that was a different. Well, remember horse. we, well, we talked about this the, episode that the doppelganger says I didn't kill anybody to Cooper in oh, the true. season two finale. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. There's also the eye color thing. 
Yeah, exactly. So I don't know how that tracks through Firewalk with me or if that would make any additional sense. Mm. Anyway, oh Richard's fucking R.I.P. I thought we were going to see a little he more popped. of him. He, po- he popped. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if this is the last we're going to see of him, but I think it's the last we're seeing of him on this plane, at least yeah. this plane of existence. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Jerry just watched his nephew explode, oh my but God. I'm pretty sure he didn't oh. yeah. see no. the significance of that. I'm pretty sure he just thought he was still, quote unquote, not out of the woods from right. whatever yeah. bad trip he was on. I'm what? glad that Jerry has linked up to some kind of event. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was happy that he came back. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what happened to him. Yeah, I, I don't believe that he's been high for. I was thinking about, <laughs> but the timeline is not. It's been um, five days apparently, so he's been. He I don't looks think he's worse had, for wear now. He does. Is look, he like just eating from a bag of mushrooms? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I I hope we get some kind of resolution to Jerry's vision quest. I still I still wonder if that point at which we see him stuck in the forest and see him talking to his foot, if he's not like ten feet away from. The place where uh, the bookhouse boys, you know, you know, I still think his foot is the arm is the the evolution of the arm. It's the same voice. It's hilarious. He could be possessed by by Mike's arm. The foot is the arm. Then who's I mean, I really wonder if we're going to see Philip Gerard himself in like the real world at any point or if he just like lives in the red room now. Mm -hmm. Um, It seems like the other coordinates the doppelganger has now point directly to the Twin Peaks Sheriff's Department, which would imply that what he was looking for this whole time is the woman who fell from that's from the space, the eyeless uh, woman. Yes. Um, which raises all sorts of questions for me. Like how, how then does that map to these coordinates or like for what purpose? I don't know. Uh, Great question. Thoughts? I have no Further, I mean, it seems like he's looking for that woman. We know that they're of the same otherworldly-ish place. Whatever the doppelganger needs to accomplish in Twin Peaks is to prolong staying out of the lodge, right? Yeah. So without without well, just killing Cooper, because that's not on his radar right now. Well, I think it's thought, on his radar. He it, thought that uh, Chantal and Hutch were going to murder him. Yeah. Right, but his reason for going to Twin Peaks is. Different than yes, that. yes, yeah. He's assuming Coops is good as dead. Yeah. yeah, instead a Polish accountant got in the way. Oh my god. Uh, any other thoughts on Eamon Farron, Richard Horn? R. Do R. we want to see him in the last two hours? No, I think that we all were like, "Thank you, evil Coop, for yeah. murdering the worst person alive." We got a goodbye, my son. So that's all. That's all confirmed. Tied up. Uh, any of that idea of the. It being a red herring about Audrey being Billy assaulted. Billy Zane's is, son. No. Yeah. Or, or it being Billy Zane's son. I guess that was still. <laughs> I will always believe that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. Well. Twin Peaks? No. The town? No. no. South Dakota? South Dakota. South Dakota now. Because we should. Because this is kind yes. of running parallel to whatever is happening uh, wherever Mr. C is because Diane receives a text message from him, smiley face, all caps, all. And it mm. uh, startles her quite a bit. As she's sitting in the hotel bar wearing another look. Yes. Cool scene. Really cool scene. Cool scene. Very cool shit a for Laura Dern. Of the uh, American Woman remix by uh, David Lynch. Um, Not the original American Woman, but yeah. a 2015 mutt, some artist. I've Muddy Waters, I think. Muddy Waters. Yeah. Um, it's. 
it's yeah, a great shot of Laura walking down the hallway and then cutting in and seeing David like or seeing Gordon, you know, presaging Diane arriving. Um, the buildup is all really fantastic here. Yeah. And I and then I was taken aback by like where the scene actually goes. Like I thought it was going to be like Diane pulls a gun immediately. I fully thought she was going to murder Gordon Cole. I thought that was going to be the 11th hour plot line. Everyone thought that Gordon Cole thought that. Yeah. Yeah. The way he's glancing at the bag is great. He knows. Mm-hmm. He knows what, as soon as he says, Diane, come in. I was like, is he wearing a Kevlar vest? What's up here? David Lynch is actually a really effective actor. Maybe he's not, his range is, you know, whatever. He's mainly, I've mainly just seen him play this one character, but I thought he was very good at making you just want to reach into the screen and uh, get him out of that room. Yeah, I wanted, but, I wanted to protect my boy. Yeah, but uh, Protect uh, Gordon at all costs. I was so sad. I was like, he's never going to get his message. <laughs> so... It doesn't go quite that way because this is then feeding into our whole understanding of tulpas and really our understanding of who Diane is. And, and Diane tells, well, Diane, air quotes, I guess, tells the story of what happened. The between, Diane we've known up until this point. What the fuck is going on? So I'm going to shut up and let you explain. Like, I have no idea what this means. So, I thought she was a real person. <laughs> so as Tammy says, mm-hmm. that was a real tulpa. So what we get is that Cooper came to her, Mr. C came to her three to four years after she stopped hearing from Cooper. She was still working with the FBI at the time. So I think we can maybe draw some assumptions there about Diane up until that point being different from the Diane we know now. She says that he came to her. She's excited to talk to him. They talk about what's going on at the bureau. This is Mr. C. So obviously he's pumping her for information. Mm -hmm. Uh, He rapes her. As she says, Mm -hmm. then she is taken to the gas station Mm -hmm. and the room above the convenience store. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think from there, the assumption is that that's when he created the tulpa. Mr. C created the tulpa. Which is just a straight up clone of Diane. Yes. The impression I got is that, I mean, throughout the scene, Laura Dern is doing, is is walking an amazing tightrope. It's tying directly into this uh, supernatural fake person storyline and she's fighting you can see that she's fighting against whatever sort of program right was inherent in her creation such that that's why she has been texting with the doppelganger back and forth yeah and that it's that fight combined with at the same time a really like when they set up the implication and i was the one who's saying like you know maybe there's another way to read the the, the scene between them in the uh, in the interrogation right. room back in, I think, part six or seven, yeah. um, that maybe that night played out differently and this was just a reaction to it being the doppelganger. Like, no, I mean, it it didn't play out quite the way Diane remembers it because she didn't realize she was not herself uh, and probably didn't realize in having that reaction to seeing the doppelganger that uh, she was also under his control. Ah, tulpas don't know they're tulpas, which is a difference between a doppelganger and a tulpa. Yeah. That would be a key so. difference. And here Diane is figuring it out, is piecing it together that she is not I'm not me. Real, not yeah. real. Um she says I'm not me. Yeah. 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 I'm not and me. so Laura Dern has to do that and like by have it like I so much would rather instead of them having just left it as an implication that there was that uh the doppelganger assaulted Diane. She says it. And yeah. this scene, I think shows or opens the door for like that empathetic portrayal. Uh, 
that, you know, it's not like the like feature length meditation on that we get in Fire Walk with me, but it, rather than dance around it, right. it addresses it head on yeah. Yeah. while also balancing it with like talking about a fake made up person who's also struggling with that. Mm. Um, she also says when uh, he kisses her that she sees his face do something. His face Which does. to me, I thought it was, okay, so it's Bob inside and he's doing what uh, he was doing that, with Laura. At well, that he point, said, yeah. she said, sorry, I have it in my notes here. Um, he smiled in his face and I thought of Sarah because mm. she, the smile the, in the, behind the face. It's, but I don't know if that makes sense. I don't remember sense. the line. I, I thought she said, she he kissed her and then she says something about, and then I saw his face like, do something, but yeah. It's really Bob really has his mother's smile. It's uh, it's a. I just want to say, like, I think Laura really killed it with this scene and with oh, what was amazing. being yeah. asked of her. And as for like my understanding is, yeah, this was this was the Diane that exists in the world from that point forward. And I think the real Diane was either locked away through that visit to the convenience store or killed, and yeah. that this is the Diane working against their own knowledge for the doppelganger, yeah. you know, past that point. And, yeah. okay. but fortunately for the doppelganger, Diane is a little bit stronger than that and managed to resist long enough to give the three in the room, the chance to pull their gun. Well, two yeah. in the room, the chance to pull their guns and, uh, prevent the murder of Gordon Cole and the rest yeah. of them. Uh, <laughs> we have to talk about the red room cutaway. Three yeah. number seven. Hell Yeah. <laughs> Someone manufacturer. I know. Fuck you. <laughs> um, that amazing was counterpoint and to the Dougie scene. Special effects that I could learn in one day by watching YouTube tutorials, and I love it. Some real fucking 90s like video game looky shit. Yep. Yeah. Uh the 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 foley though when it's Laura and yeah. she just like moves her her yeah. yes. that's cracking open was great. That was some great not effects phys- physical acting, but um Diane, Diane went out swinging, or at least this, the tulpa went out swinging. So, and now Tammy is fully aware that, yeah, they're not just like fucking pulling her leg. Like, this is real shit. Yeah, the other one she said that was important probably was, I'm in the sheriff station. So is Diane I don't know. the eyeless woman? Whoa. Whoa. That's, I mean, that's what people online immediately jump to. And people have also said the eyeless woman is credited in the credits as NATO, mm-hmm. which... Is oh. almost like Diane spelled backwards. Almost, but it's not. It's not really. But also, she looks nothing like Diane. Exactly, yeah. and that's Diano. Diano, or uh, maybe she's just channeling the, oh, that from the lodge. I don't know. The, I mean, also, maybe she's trapped in a drawer pull. I Who was knows? literally just going to say that. <laughs> um, or, or that was like her being able to like see momentarily in the sheriff station and, and, and dissociating from her current mm. state. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but at least it was enough for Gordon Cole to pick up on sheriff station. I think we're going to see our FBI group put two and two together and go like, all right, it's time that we go to Tammy's these coordinates put as two well. and two together because she's got not a lot else going on plot wise. That's true. I was going to say, sometimes I see Krista uh, Ball, Krista Bell. Bell. Bell acting, and I wonder if she is a doppelganger who's been created by someone else. I has... really liked her in this scene. Oh. I, like I felt you. like she really. I'm glad I... that she also had the knowledge to pull the gun, and she was much more subtle about it. I was watching Miguel and like just clearly reaching for a gun, but she was just reaching ever so slightly off screen to pull out of the bag. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- I made this argument that were I also like a new hire or like 
someone like pulled in above their rank to be on a team with like two veterans, I would be just as reserved and kind of quiet and kind of like measured and observing the world around me and not like as charismatic or quippy as Albert or Gordon. I'll say the one weird thing about this is that uh, in the secret history of Twin Peaks book, uh, by Mark Frost, like the annotations throughout the book are from Tammy and they like show a lot of personality that we do not get in the show. Well, um, like there, there, there could have been a character there that Mark at least invented actress. to the book. <laughs> that's my, um, I think, I think yeah. her performance is fine. I don't think they wrote a great part for her in the series, what I'm saying. but yeah, I'm not going to fault Krista for that. It would have mm-hmm. been cool to see the Tammy in the book who has like a near encyclopedic knowledge of like film references and stuff. Like, I don't know, just have some more edge, the character. It also would have been nice to see like, we're not going to see Albert and Constance on another date, I bet. So, you know, like the FBI team, with the exception of Gordon, has been like not in the complete spotlight. I feel like Gordon's gotten the big Gordon got a 10 minute scene where a woman left his room. And it was a waste of time. Gordon's living large, man. No one ever has to worry about him. That ruled. Um, I'm still fingers crossed that uh, Gordon and uh, shoot. What's her name? Oh, Shelly? Yeah, the Gordon and Shelly. I want Gordon and Shelly to hook up. I would I would settle for Gordon and Shelly if we're not gonna see Bobby like kill Red for being a drug dealer. I, I would settle that. I would settle for Gordon and Shelly. Yeah. Uh does that bring us out of South Dakota? It does, but I think this is a good chance to talk about maybe just what you were getting at with the idea that Laura and Diane are maybe in the same category of oh, people. Yeah. I don't know if this is going the place I actually thought it was going, but no, I think it's just an argument. I guess that is just in support of an argument that Doppelkoop is Bob for sure. Yeah. Like the behaviors are the same. The patterns it are the same. The it. victims are similar. Are yeah. they though? Well, in, in the beginning of this show, he shoots a bunch of people. Like Bob never like shot people. He would like attack them and strangle them. And Bob was never Cooper before. I don't know. That's I guess my that's, argument. Yeah, that's definitely one. Yeah. And when we yeah. think about like what was Bob's motivation in the show, and Bob like lived off of Garmambosia and pain and suffering and so forth. Here's why I would say now I see a, a strong connection between Laura and Audrey and Diane. Is that I think we talked about this. Last episode or two episodes ago, I came to the epiphany or the idea of thinking from the world's perspective, the doppelganger has been Cooper for the last 25 years, right? Mm -hmm. And that making sense in terms of this being the, the Cooper that lost like all semblance of his moral compass because it's Cooper in the show who denies having a, or like, puts a stop to having a relationship with Audrey because mm. she's too young, even though he feels something for her. Right. And it's Cooper, evidently the real Cooper who one time kissed Diane and that's where it ended before then mm-hmm. the doppelganger yeah. comes back. Mm-hmm. And like the doppelganger, whether or not through Bob and seeking Garmambosia or whatever, or just as the dark reflection of Cooper mm. picks the same people and then assaults them. Yeah. Like, it's not like Mm. I just pick any old person where Cooper's doppelganger inflicts the most pain are on these points where Cooper's morals kicked in and said, no, I cannot pursue a relationship here. Also, if it were Bob, in the person of Leland, he chose to kill and rape Leland's daughter. Which is something that we... 
the yeah. people that they love. Yeah, most. exactly. To extract yeah. the most and, pain. And, and same thing with Leland there. Like in Firewalk with Me, we have that damning scene where Leland, clearly not possessed by Bob, looks at the photo of, um, of uh, oh God, Teresa Banks. Yeah. And says, you look just like my Laura. And it's clearly Ray as Leland, not Ray as possessed Leland. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's like, for me, that's been the biggest kind of clicking into place for whether or not it's a divide between Bob and the doppelgangers, like where they inflict the most pain is where the people who they imitate or inhabit, like where they were most vulnerable to, to, to falling into that, that darker side of themselves Mm -hmm. um, and inflicting that pain without supernatural intervention. Mm -hmm. Like, Leland harbored some really gross thoughts about his own daughter that he didn't act on until Bob entered the picture. Yeah. Um, so. No, I think dark. that's a good point. I mean, the other thing that this Diane storyline brought up for me is the fact that we're seeing a lot of female characters who have no agency. And I was kind of a proponent of the evil Diane angle because it gave her agency. If she was like calling the shots and doing this of her own volition, like great. But that's not the case. She's a tulpa. She's been a tulpa this whole time. Um, you can make the argument that like we get the the minor redemption of her trying to pull we get her own seconds agency. Of yeah. that. like it's not it's not as though yeah this whole time not she's a fire been walk with me. And then at the same time, this will take us into Audrey, which we can get into in a second. But at the same time, like we're saying goodbye to Naomi Watts as Janie, and like what has she? gotten like what does she do she's been so reactive through this whole storyline and she's been great obviously as you know naomi watts is but she's not had a ton to do besides chauffeuring dougie around serving Mm -hmm. him food Mm -hmm. um and then audrey as we see in twin peaks is maybe also not well she's not acting on the world around her she's doesn't seem to have any agency either yeah it's troubling. Um, I, I I don't know if there's anything that they can put in the two hours oh, that no. for any of those characters <laughs> that would bring it close to the the character study we get uh, of Laura and Firewalk with me yeah. in that sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is a bummer and a point to, to criticize the show on. And it's weird. And it seems weirdly though divorced from like the idea of the show being more focused on Cooper now because there is all this other. There are all these other plot lines and like we spend a lot of time with Diane. It could have been that Diane was doing this all of her own volition and that's just not the choice they made. Yeah. Um, well, the individual plot point is like fun. I mean, I think yeah. I, I actually thought that was cool. I thought it was cool that she was that she was a fake. She was I had no, I thought I it was no a really awesome was I just would, It wouldn't have been another example of a minimized female character yeah. if if we had been sticking with Laura as a, as a more yeah. fleshed out yeah. alternative yeah. and we just haven't. Yeah. Laura is like Laura is again like a red herring or or thing floating over the show instead of being you know as in the movie directly yeah. a part of it. Mm. Um, what if the whole, the whole last two hours are just about Audrey? I was thinking about that. I was thinking about the could be the Audrey Horn movie. That'd be cool ending. I don't know. Yeah, it's just Mohan Drive reshot as, as it originally <laughs> intended with Audrey. Um, so. Twin Peaks now? Twin Peaks now. Okay. The I mean, is of. this even Twin Peaks? We don't know. Mm. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. Audrey and Charlie seem to have made it to the roadhouse. but uh, Well, we got to talk about surprise, Edward surprise. Lewis Severson 
yeah. the third before we talk about that. Okay. You've been hyping up this Eddie Vedder appearance for a while. Eddie Vedder's got a dumb hat on, but the song is very nice. It's a beautiful hat. Um, he pulls it off. Talks about like, I'm. there's there's some like very like appropriate lyrics scattered throughout. I think it says something I like, I'm not the I man I was. And who I was, I will never be again. Yeah. I kept thinking he was saying, stuff. I am Diane. <laughs> <laughs> I swear. I was like, what? Yeah. You, you, if you go back and you play the scene, Laura Dern saying, I'm at the roadhouse. I've got a dumb hat on. <laughs> I still think that the finale, like the final culmination will be at the roadhouse, similar to this season two with Heather Graham and yeah. so on. I think the roadhouse, like the fact that every episode ends at the roadhouse, it's going to end at the roadhouse. It's got to end at the roadhouse. I think you're right. It's, it's possible. I think, I think it's got to be Julie Cruz then. Yeah. You can't you can't end at the roadhouse without bringing back like the original roadhouse performer. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, what was your immediate reaction to seeing like Audrey and Charlie in this place where up until now we've been like, okay, the roadhouse is in Twin Peaks. We've seen we've seen James and Shelley and Freddie there. We've heard about Billy and Tina yeah. and Tina's daughter. We've, we've clearly seen real events take place at the roadhouse. So they're there. And so you're just like, okay, great. Audrey's not like in some weird third space. <laughs> the in the play, no exit. Yeah. Um, did did you suspect that there was going to be another reveal, or were you just like going along with it during the Eddie Vedder song? Um, I didn't. I was like, oh, cool. Did they finally got there? We'll find out about like Billy or something. Yeah, I guess, like, I guess Audrey is just married to this guy in real life, and yeah. But then as soon as the MC called mm-hmm. her up. I was like, this show knows it's a TV show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, one, it's like, it's calling the song, like the song that it's given oh, on, the, dance. on the soundtrack. Um, uh, I'm surprised they didn't just like actually have Angelo on stage as part of that band. Um, what if the first scene in the in the finale is just Audrey's white room with the mirror is just a, a trailer, an actress's trailer? <laughs> yeah, and it's, and it's a Mulholland Drive story. Yeah, I'd, I'd watch that. Uh, I mean, that I think that would go so far past meta that you're you're you would just like shut off the TV. For yeah, I was yes. I wasn't into that scene. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I thought it was it was like really well shot. Uh, yeah, Sherilyn like sold the dance. Uh, yeah, but like then as soon as that happened, I it went like, okay, so this isn't this isn't what we think of as like what the real Twin Peaks is. What's gonna be like the next turn here? And we only get that small blip after the fight. Like, and I I think it's really important that like what sends Audrey back to Charlie and then like I don't know if wakes her up is the right term but like a fight breaks out like in the middle of this fantasy right some guy says Monique that's my wife yeah and just like Mm. oh it's just like lay your hand get your hands off my wife like yeah bring out in the middle of this explicitly like um artificial dreamlike dreamlike thing like why why is that what then you know snaps I don't know um is this the first doppel world we've seen? Like a doppel place, like a fake roadhouse? I, I, in, in the show, I think it might be in terms of like yeah. a place that looks... The only other thing that comes immediately to mind, because it was just in the last episode, is when we follow Mr. C through the room above the convenience store 
out to where he meets Philip Jeffries. That motel location is the same. It's the same shooting location as the motel in Fire Walk with Me, where Leland oh. rendezvous with Teresa Banks. Oh. Um, and it seems like that's clearly not like the physical place he travels to. It yeah. seems like that's a representation of wherever Teapot Jeffries is staying, or some kind of you know some kind of false space. But that's the only thing that comes to mind. Like we've never otherwise had a scene where someone thought they were in you know a recognizable place and turns mm. out that was all that was all fake mm. yeah um, it's just it's, it's a new, whole new thing it's a whole new world it is. with two hours to go I know. um but so is the red room right wait no i'm getting all mixed up in the original series yeah i mean it wasn't a whole new uh setting introduced last minute but i i agree with you guys that i think the last two or the combined uh run finale, time yeah. finale it, it it feels like it will be a lot of exposition or at least, or maybe you guys aren't saying that, but I feel it'll be something like the, the uh, finale of the original series. Season where, one? Uh, no, no, no. Of, of season, season two. two. Would, where, would you say season two ended with exposition? Because that's just extended. Uh, maybe exposition is the wrong word, but a lot going on. Sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. In, in, in a way that has not been uh, shown up until this point. And yeah. that all of this show has been meant to kind of set up the bowling pins for, you know, a very involved and probably like detail heavy and um, not exposition, but like, yeah. you know, a uh, plot heavy. Yeah. Uh, re- Mythologized. Yeah. 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 Mythology this, heavy. Th- yeah. This gets into something that I've been thinking about starting with Dougie, but really like, you know, the long arc of these last 16 hours, which has been like, I, and it, it's in a sense, it's, it's the way I'm reading is Twin Peaks getting meta about itself um, and injecting that into the flow of the story for how the show how the, just the show, not other shows, not outside television influence, but how the show itself is remembered because the predominant images and sort of the, the atmosphere, the vibe, the, the standout characters that a lot of people gravitate towards when they think about Twin Peaks and they talk about it, um, having had it for, for me, it's like close to a decade for many viewers, like 25 years. Um, they don't necessarily map with what the show kind of was in a moment to moment thing or like how it was when it first aired. And that was a show that people like learned to watch. And like some people figured out who the killer was ahead of time. And like some of them went off of impulse. Some of them went off of like this few clues that had been scattered and people were piecing together the mythology. And then it was a big shock at the end for the season two finale to connect the, uh, the lodge that they've been talking about directly back to uh, Cooper's dream from, you know, the third episode. But when we mm. think about the show now, it's like a given, like we yeah. just sat with it for so long. We're just mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's the red room. It's, you know, a waiting room. It's not the black lodge or the white lodge, or is mm-hmm. it like that's all settled. Mm-hmm. And so spending this time with the Dougie Coop story and spinning this like yarn and giving us the part eight and all this other stuff of, new material like i feel like that's very deliberate time spent in order to set us up for something that we are not yet prepared for in terms of anticipating it for the finale but that the pieces have been strewn for us like Mm -hmm. the pieces were strewn for the original series Mm -hmm. or once you're in the red room in the season two finale 
Right. You're not ready for it, but right. like the uh, you're, the you're primed. Yep. Sure. Yeah. We're the path primed. has been laid. Yeah, we've spent all this frustrating time with Audrey and Charlie, and now we're primed to find out whatever Audrey's been up to, and with all the Tulpa stuff and all this other new mythology edition, hopefully we'll have the the bits we need to understand the story they're telling. I'm not saying that means like it's brilliant and it's going to be satisfying. Right. But I think that's what they're aiming for, and it, part of that requires just spending so much time not feeling like the Twin Peaks we're familiar with because they didn't want to confirm mm. our biases of what mm. we thought Twin Peaks was. And two hours is is a lot of time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, compared to, you know, the idea of 18 hours in a row, it's like, oh, that's just a fraction of it. But that's a film. Yeah. yeah. And it, if it goes at a quicker pace than a lot of these episodes have, which I'm not really complaining mm-hmm. about, a lot can happen and like yeah. a lot yeah. can be resolved. I hope it's 90 minutes of sweeping. <laughs> Jess, can you talk about the no exit comparison with Audrey? Oh, yeah, sure. That was something I texted you about and referenced. But basically the the repeated scenes of Audrey barely getting two steps closer to the door um, in her scenes with Charlie is like, this is something that I read on another blog, and I'll, I'll tell you the reference later or something, or the source later, um, that... Basically, it's inspired by that play that basically Audrey's in hell. (laughs) Like that was the hint that Audrey was not in a real place was that she like couldn't even walk to the door. And Mm -hmm. and once she was there, it seemed like didn't even want to. She also says the line, I'm not myself. I don't feel like myself. Well, yeah, the dialogue has been very otherworldly. It's been very existential. It's been very focused on like, or not focused on, but dancing around the idea of like, what it is to be someone or like what it means to have a set sense of your identity, um, which I think has given it the otherworldly quality that yeah. has led people to believe it's not real. And what, what's her husband's name? Charlie. Charlie says at one point, right when we're on the threshold, mm-hmm. he back is so like the word yeah. threshold. Exactly. Kind yes. of an odd word yeah. to use unless you're really trying Charlie's to hit completely home normal otherwise. Yeah, I love Charlie. <laughs> I actually really, I, I think he's like fucking sent. I, I think of one of the, the standout like lines that will stick with me from the show regardless is when he's just like, I'm tired. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just like, yeah. Hey man, I've been there. He's or, awesome. I love him. Yeah, it's right up there with uh, the Mitchums. It's like, people are stressed. Like, yep. yeah, I can relate. Um, yep. So, with this said, uh, we we cut to we smash cut to Audrey. She's looking in a mirror. Well, uh, she grabs Charlie and says, "Get me out of here." And they're out. She's out, looking in the mirror. Stark white, Pure bright white. space. She's wearing something white. Yeah, and then it seems like very little or no makeup on. Uh, and just her hair is different as well. Panicked. Um, yeah, it's, it looks like how Sherilyn, I think, like was wearing her hair just like normally IRL. around the time. Yeah, because yeah. she has a very Audrey season one look going on mm-hmm. when she's in the roadhouse. Yeah. So is it possible just by the way that sure it could be that she was occupying a, a dream or some mm-hmm. other plane and then she's shaken into where she really is and that's the hard cut. Is it possible that it's simply a smash cut because she has been she has gotten out of the real world. Uh, she was in the real world, and that's just no. cutting to her later. It's stylistically not really what is suggested, but yeah, yeah. she does say "get me out of here," and then she's somewhere else. I I don't know. I Probably think, not. But I think this. I think one of the things that this is this is I there, you'll you'll find all sorts of um, 
people doing like their David Lynch pastiche on YouTube. The, 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 I think the quintessential one is the David Lynch's A Goofy Movie trailer, which is <laughs> just a real piece of work. Um, and I think it gets a lot of things right in terms of parodying and, and lifting. But I, I've had a lot of people come up to me and ask like, or not come up to me out of the blue, but like there are people who know that I'm like a Twin Peaks guy. Mm-hmm. And with the new show, some of them who aren't into it have asked me like, how to get into it. And oftentimes they have this impression that like David makes his things intentionally difficult to right. follow. And it's right. like, you can point, he's, he's, it's one of the few things he's said about himself is like, he likes dreams. Dream logic is yeah. like often how he structures things. And that has a rhythm and yeah. a flow to it that yep. also it works for David because it is cinematic the way he expresses yeah. it. And mm-hmm. it doesn't violate things like cutting from, you know, one thing to another and not having that be like a con- continuity yes. cut yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so i think like it's clear that it's yeah. supposed to be a uh breaking but, of an illusion but yeah. as well i don't know if it's the thing is like i don't know if it's a breaking of an illusion or going deeper into an illusion right or, right right, or right. What. that's certainly like, possible audrey's state of being is what i want to like have yeah. us discuss here towards the end is like what is our theory now as to or each of our theories now as to where she is what her situation is because if it had been like get me out of here and then it's Sherilyn sitting in a chair in the red room we'd be like okay we think we understand this but it's just this short shot with the pure white space and the electricity crackling electricity crackling where is she we don't know we don't have a reference point for this in terms of the visual language of the show in fact the one reference point we do have is that little bit of electricity crackling because we know that that has become a much more prominent thing in the show this season um but I have no idea where she is or what her state is. I mean, it strikes me that we have two options. Maybe there are more, but the two that I am thinking of is one is coma. She's still in a coma. We thought that wasn't the case because Richard said my mom had pictures of Dale Cooper and we took it to mean that she was a person in the world possessing photographs. I don't know. Maybe they're just in her belongings that her parents have gathered while she's in a 25 year coma. I don't know. And somehow was able to give birth during the coma. Yeah. Well, that's a thing that can happen. It's not super it's a very clinical yeah. thing, but that's a thing that okay. can happen. Um they can see section. Yeah, and yeah exactly. But um easier in a coma, honestly. I was gonna say <laughs> <laughs> honestly just like regular all day. Um, um so we have like that one option and I think that that's supported by like the stark whiteness, the fact that there are no features um kind of in this space that we see audrey in and then i think there's this other option and i don't know how much weight i want to give this which is that audrey's maybe in a mental health care facility that was my first thought yeah it's like very reminiscent of that like yeah. the white gown like the, the white, white medical gown yeah the white gown and we don't see her arms doing anything which has me a little worried straight jacket yeah that's what i was thinking it's weird for yeah it's weird for her to be waking or snapping out of it standing upright yeah right and looking in a mirror good thing is she looks in the mirror she sees herself not always the case yeah not True. always the case in two weeks <laughs> sometimes you see a different face it's bad yeah um <laughs> my gut what i want it to be uh I, I lean if it's a real world thing i lean more towards the mental institution thing which could be very bad for how bad. they want to handle it but we did have the reference in a roadhouse scene, which may or may not have been real, to a nut house. Yes. Uh, talking about like people 
doing sparkle and right and then i mean this is also raising the question like what about that roadhouse scene that seemed to mirror this information we had about audrey how did she come about this information is this something she overheard while she was in a coma Mm. or is it intersecting with some part of the real world yeah Mm. or alternatively audrey has not has not woken up out of anything yet and is still trapped in some other space not yeah. not a recognizable lodge or other otherworldly space we've seen thus far, but something else, perhaps. Eddie Vedder, um, the only musical act that performed under a different name than his own. Uh, the Nine Inch Nails. God damn it! It's also his real actual name. I get that. I I. I mean, he would be introduced as Eddie Vedder IRL. Uh, but I, <laughs> I mean, this could honest this could honestly be a thing where it's like it was a very pointed thing. I read somewhere that it was maybe a mistake, but it could have been intentional to introduce them as the nine inch nails and then to give Eddie Vedder's birth name like that. Like I'm confident that some of what we've seen at the roadhouse has taken place because we see James and Freddie getting that fight. Yeah, that seems like that's not something that unless huge swaths of this are taking place in like Audrey's associated Mm -hmm. fantasy. Some of the Roadhouse stuff is real, and some of it might not be. I tune out during the Roadhouse stuff. To be <laughs> yeah. I, but now it's, it's like you got to go back and plot, scrutinize. And I'm like, oh, like who's, someone's crawling on the floor. I, I don't know who they are. I can't wait to rewatch all of the Roadhouse I'm scenes. I'm into the Roadhouse scenes. I feel like they're going off. to be a key to understanding what's up with Audrey. But my gut would say, like, anything dealing with Billy, maybe that's Audrey's fantasy. Um, Maybe, but then who is in the jail bleeding out of his mouth? The the mimicking guy. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Because he seemed is to fit Billy's important? description. Yeah. Mm. We have um, a lot of people locked and loaded in the jail. Yeah. I mean, the jail is jail's now. has got to be a, a, a powder keg. Yeah. yeah. We've got coordinates pointing to the jail. We've got yeah. Diane mentioning the jail. Yeah. And um, Chad's still miserable in there. I'm just thinking about that. The garden glove. The super Iron Fist is still in the jail. Yeah, the, the better than Netflix the Iron Fist. Um, bleeding Mouth Guy. Chad. Chad. James. Will he be relevant? Party. Who knows? It would be, oh man, I was just thinking it would be really funny if we cut back to the jail and like someone's given James a guitar, guitar. and that's like the new, <laughs> you get him singing with the mimic. The only, just you and I. the only good Roadhouse scene has been James oh, singing the uh, high pitched voice thing. That is the only good Roadhouse scene. That's Enough. my genuine wow. opinion. Oh my god! I mean, I did actually I, genuinely enjoy that scene. I love that. I hate it. <laughs> yeah, it's um, greatly enjoyable. They, they did me. use the original track. They right? did. Like, yeah, one hundred percent. That's funny. Yeah. Exact same. Uh, have you heard the story of how that was recorded? No. Mm. Uh, well, James. Uh, sorry, not James Marshall. Shirley. James Marshall can actually play the guitar mm. and. Uh, did sing that track, but the reason why it sounds so strained is because he was like, I thought they were going to have me record the guitar and I'd play it, you know, at this key and I would sing it in my natural register. Uh-huh. And they pre recorded the guitar track without uh-huh. his knowledge. They brought him into the studio. He was like, This is like a couple octaves higher than I normally sing. And they're just like, Give it your best shot because so this funny. is how we want it. <laughs> And what? it's so a banger. that's why it's the so, song it bangs. He he did not make that decision to have it be that high. That was David's decision. That's and, so funny. and then when that's he was like, really We're doing the song funny. again, David was like, We're using the same recording. <laughs> like he's never actually gotten He was waiting twenty five years for a reboot so he could sing it right. And he's like, and he No, we're not. using the original <laughs> MP three. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I can't tell that's if really James Marshall he uh, did an interview about this and I can't tell if he was upset or if he was like, You know what, David's right. We should use the original. <laughs> I can't for the life of me tell. Um I would love for 
modern day James Marshall to have to sing it in that same register. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sure he's going to do it at a convention or something. Oh my for God, sure. Yeah. In, the, in his real register. He's going to do it at my birthday party when I pay him to. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we, we've gone through the episode. There's two hours left. I think we should talk about what we think is going to happen in those two hours. Yeah. The or threads. What we want to have happen. What I the think th- remaining those threads are, are. Yep. Two different things. Yeah. Um, what well, we want, what we think. Let's let's try it. Let's let's do this. Let's go around and we'll do around the table, and each of us will name a hanging thread until we run out of ones to think of. Um, so I'll just start with: we have to have some resolution to the the larger Briggs storyline. I was going to say that Bobby and Shelley's relationship and what has happened to Becky after it seems that Stephen may have shot her. So those those storylines, the the Briggs. Maybe Shelly gets together with Gordon Cole. Who knows? Hell um, yeah. So that's mine. Uh, okay. Brendan. Um, I, I, this, I, I'll just stick to the ones I'm most interested mm-hmm. in that may not be resolved, uh, yeah. but uh, I would say Laura and Bob. Yeah. Okay. I really think it would be cool to spend a fuck ton of time with Audrey. Mm. Especially since this looks like a completely new thing. Mm. Yeah. Um, Do you think it's going to intersect with Cooper at all? I feel like they've been kind of teasing that. It has to. I I think absolutely. I think the humming, to to, to break this chain momentarily, I think the humming at the Great Northern has to be connected to Audrey somehow Mm. and might portend a similar thing to that humming, you know, popping up in the hospital before Cooper woke up. Do you think she's on Do you think she's on like some life support machine somewhere again, in the Great Northern and Again, that's... I really don't want it to be a coma, so I think she's in a coma. But okay, so a plot thread actually. Uh I'm going to say the jail again cuz we got a lot of people in Just there. Just something has Just to happen at the jail. Someone yeah, traveled break. all the way from England because it's his <laughs> destiny and we also have an eyeless woman, so Yeah. Um there has to be some answer to who has posed as uh, Philip Jeffries? Yeah. Uh, who has been working against uh, the doppelganger this time from that position? Uh, on to uh, you. Um, I, I agree, actually, that, that Audrey... I mean, clearly we're going to yeah. get a lot more of Audrey. Yeah. The original plan, of course, was... I think this was like a, a, a very... Um, an intervention of reality and, uh, and, and, and ego on set, but... Uh, wasn't Audrey supposed to end up with Cooper? Yeah. And then Laura Flynn Boyle. Yeah. I don't want to, this is probably a, a yeah, bastardization is, so, of so you're, the story. So, so what you're saying is, the th- pothead you're saying is, what's going to happen to the Hayward family? <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. because That was like a huge thing at the end of the original yes. series. It was like the, the Ben hitting him over the head, or, or yeah. sorry, the other way around. And uh, then they just jettisoned that. Honestly, though, Gerson Hayward, that's another hanging plot thread. It's off of the Briggs storyline. It's a mm-hmm. great point. Um... um Oh, but I mean, you know, the experiment. Yes, feels like there's got to be some experiment. And, and Sarah, uh, uh, Sarah Palmer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think we can wrap New York the box into that too if we're going to find it anywhere yeah. right. about that. Yeah, um, I was going to say the glass box. I don't think we will. I'm. I, I would predict that the glass box is going to remain an enigmatic. Uh, I agree on thing. the gra- glass box. We saw box. the one photo of the glass box that Tammy found with the doppelganger in front of it that could imply all we need to know, like the doppelganger set that up. Right. Uh, that could be a sufficient enough explanation for me at this point. Sure. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, 
uh, Sarah Palmer, which we've kind of talked about. I really hope we get a little more answer as to what's going on with her. And also Beverly Page. Why were we introduced to her mm, and her yeah. sick husband? Yeah. Yeah. So the, the whole Ben, Jerry, Beverly, I guess, intersection. Because mm. I, I, I want Ben to intersect with Jerry somehow. Jerry, Jerry has to. Jerry has to. Arrive safe in Twin Peaks, please. Hitch a ride back. I don't know. Um, But yeah, like we've spent a lot of time with Beverly, and they, the two of them, Ben and Beverly, were the first to hear that humming noise. Um, Yeah, we'll see them. Yeah, Uh, trying to think. Like we consolidated a bunch of stuff in the last like. I know because we we ended Vegas, we ended Richard, Mm we I I mean the FBI. Where yeah? When are they going to get to Twin Peaks? Hastings died a while ago. Yeah, got his head exploded. I guess. I mean. Anything else to do with White Sands and the seeming right. origin Q. story? The frog. Uh, the frog. I want to know who that moth. girl grew up to be. Yeah, I think it's Sarah. Sarah. If it's not Sarah, I don't think we'll hear about it again. Yeah, that's my gut, and I would. I don't want it to be Sarah because something about that just doesn't track with me. Like Sarah having grown up in New Mexico and yada yada, but. I think that interpretation will remain if we don't revisit I would, it. I would like to see something of a thread between Laura and Sarah and like that mother daughter relationship and less of Sarah being a one off coincidence, I guess. Yeah. Um, now it's my turn for a plot thread. Um, okay. This is a cheap one, but are we, was the whole Dr. Amp thing to set up? I was going to bring uh, up. Ed and yeah, Norma, I think that's what I was. Yeah. Are we going to get Doctor Amp and Nadine? Are we going to? I don't. I hope. I don't know. That's that'd be gross. I mean, well, it's just yeah. assumed, guys. <laughs> or if not that, like something like the the one thing I've seen floated is that how did the woodsmen uh, sort of attack or influence White Sands? They went to the radio station, and who's broadcasting in uh, Twin Peaks? Uh, Doctor yeah, Amp that's out true. in the woods. So that's true. I just want to see a Magnolia style lip sync that visits that touches every character yes. and ends with a zoom out to see the crew filming the shot. <laughs> yes. I want to see the woodsmen uh, do the, do what they did back in the 50s but with periscope. Yeah. <laughs> just periscoping uh, m- mind uh, invasion Instagram madness. live. All, all they get is one they get one iPhone and they start texting smiley faces and that just sets everybody yeah. off. Your, your brain blows up. Yeah. I want to see where real Diane is, what she's up to. Yes, the, I was going to yes. Yeah, what happened good. to Diane? Yeah. So there's a lot to cover. Yeah. Um we wrapped up a lot but there're a lot of questions. But it feels like basically what now is going to happen is it's going to be full on Twin Peaks and going to yes. it's going to start from where maybe assholes like me wanted it to start from the beginning. I don't think I would have actually wanted it to start like so clumsily right in Twin Peaks from the start. But like now is going to be yeah. the kind of full full on reintegration of all the elements and characters into the town again. I fully predict we're going to get some shot of Cooper driving past the sign leading into Twin Peaks. Like we're going to get some more fan servicey moments in addition to whatever. I think it would be a balance. And this is like, this is like a classic, like Frost Lynch divide that I think people either look at or try to create in their heads of like, you will get some stuff that is going to be completely out of left field. It seems on first watch. And you're going to get like, I don't know, Maybe the Bobby Shelley reunion or something. Yeah, um, I feel like we're going to have three different places. We're going to have the sheriff station slash the jail where I think a lot of the lodge stuff is going to happen. I think we're going to have the Great Northern and Audrey and maybe tangential lodge stuff if her coma has anything to do with the lodge. And I think we're going to have the double R for our Briggs storyline. What? And the roadhouse. 
I don't know if we're going to have the roadhouse. I feel like the roadhouse is going to continue to be not a stage for a direct plot, I guess. Mm. Another hanging thread is that we still don't know what the deal with Linda is. Richard and Linda, 420, first scene of the return. Perhaps we'll never know. Oh, yeah. Maybe Fat Trout. I forgot all about that plot. Well, you know what? It's kind of, it may have served its purpose, right? Because, uh, the whole thing about entering that place and getting told numbers or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. There's still, I think there's still an argument to be made for that opening oh God, scene I between Cooper and the fireman uh, at the right. beginning of part one. I think there's still an argument for that not having taken place yet for Are that we, to be the one like flash forward. I, I can see that. Them. I can see um, that. Cause why would he have been there and yeah. been in the lodge? Yeah. Uh, oh, and I mean, I guess this is still a hanging plot thread. What is Cooper going to do with that tulpa, actually? Is it going to need to be... I is it, is it going back to Vegas. I think the plan is for it to be Dougie, but this also means that Cooper Co- yeah. Cooper has one plus extra life, potentially yeah. two, if Diane's seed could be used uh, to create a Cooper tulpa as well, uh, because Diane also leaves behind one of those little little gold orb seeds. Okay, so, so Cooper has to rescue a lot of people. Cooper's got to rescue Diane because I think he feels some kind of responsibility to her. Mm-hmm. He's also, I think, going to rescue Audrey. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just a lot. Oh, also, also Leland Palmer told him to find Laura. Yep. And, um, I mean... I think I think the sheriff's department is not going to be enough to ward off a, an attack from the woodsmen if it comes to that either. Do you think the woodsmen are going to descend upon the jail? I, I think the woodsmen have to show up in Twin Peaks proper. I think there's going to be a zombie uprising of all of these puking, dripping people that keep showing up. Like, <laughs> what's insane. up with that? We've got miles to go. Yeah, that one. Who are other uh, puking people besides back. the guy? In the, uh, the, jail? The, the girl in the car. Oh, yeah. yeah. I actually love that scene, too. The woman scene. just yelling. Yeah. And then someone puking next to her. Yeah. I loved that. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to actually. Great face acting from Dana. In that so scene. good. Yeah. Um, so good. So a lot a lot to fit in. But I think I think we're definitely going to see some more woodsman activity. Yeah. I think that's a given. I don't know if I don't know if we're going to get a satisfactory answer to. I think we're more likely to get something that feels significant for Audrey than we are for Laura at this point. But again, yeah, like I think we said when we had you on, like I really hope that Laura doesn't become like a deus ex machina type thing, you yeah. know, coming in at the very last minute to like fix things. Um, Cause the most recent reference we had to her, I think was Andy seeing the vision of her with the angels from the end of firewall, with yes. me, which is like mm-hmm. really potent imagery for them to bring, bring back. Um, you yeah. know what I also thought is that I just wish, I wish that he had used some of more of the missing pieces footage in this uh, reboot. I think it would have been, cause there's that re- there's really cool scenes like Jeffrey's for yeah. instance, getting burned uh, into uh, oh, his yeah. hotel and stuff like I just felt like he could have used that. Another another plot thread is that box in Buenos Aires that like shrinked and crumpled I into a ball. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. What was that oh, technology? Yeah. Well, and like who was pretending to be Jeffries? Yeah, yeah. That one's linked to yeah. that. Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah. Um, well. I want Michael Sarah to come back. Where's Wally Brandon? <laughs> um, yeah. I Is, uh, oh, the, finally, is Harry Truman going to uh, make Ooh, it through yeah. cancer? Yeah. They probably won't address that. He's going to die. There's no reason to keep bringing him up if he's not going to die. Right. Yeah, it would be... I mean, uh, there's a a right way and a wrong way for them to do this, but like to potentially end 
have have whatever's about to play out play out and then end with like a funeral or even like a wedding like an mm. ed normal wedding mm. i don't know i mm. mean the funeral scene from season one is one of the greatest scenes of yeah. the original series yeah but this would have to be like you know if it was for like uh margaret lanterman it would have to be like somber you know it oh be... i'm picturing harry but oh yeah or harry i mean or anybody who like also, I think someone is going to definitely die. Right. Yeah. In the finale. I don't know who. I don't have my money on anybody, but like there will be some right. real stakes to make this feel final, if not Both coops, resolved. I feel like it's Andy. I feel like no. Andy's gonna die. Why Andy? I feel like he's gonna sacrifice himself. He's the pinnacle been, of goodness. He has been in an essence chosen by the firemen to yeah, serve. Some I purpose. think he's gonna die. I think also, man, Freddie's got to punch somebody else with that fist of his. He's got to. Yeah, in he's head. in position. Yeah. Maybe Chad. I don't know. <laughs> It'd be funny. I thought, I don't know. It seems like he's sent to punch in yeah. Doppelkoops. Oh, oh, sorry. He's, he'll do in Doppelkoop the way he did out um, the. But Doppelkoop has super strength. The way he yeah. fucked up that that Aryan guy. Well, yeah, that's yeah. exactly. He they, would get. They were introduced in the same episode, were they not? Matched. The yeah. super strength of yeah. uh, yes, yes. Freddy and the. You said, but you're saying, would he take out Doppelcoop, or would they be equally matched? I don't know. I would. Yeah. I would. I would assume that Doppelcoop would be punched through the face the same way that Doppelcoop punched that other guy through the face. Mm. Yeah. Regardless, he's there to, there to protect NATO. Yeah. Which is. Um, oh yeah. What a, what a what a fucking thing for that YouTube kid to end up on this show. Uh, anything we want? I mean, I feel like I want to see him punch somebody. Anything else we want to see happen in these last two hours? Payoffs that we would like, either as a fan service thing or as like a serious critique. Like the show needs to do this for it to feel complete. Give a female character some agency. Literally yeah. anyone. I think it's too late. It's too late for me. Oh, I think so too. <laughs> too. Too late for you to have the thing that you want. That and my, part part of my yeah. broader thing, which is, I think it's not going to be probably what people like me want it to be. My, my hang so up I'll just is, take what I. My can hang get. up is still like what I want is for the Laura stuff to remain significant and of a step with Firewalk with me and, yeah. and the story that was. I think built they could do that seasons. with yeah. Sarah. I think if they bring Sarah back in a big way, that could be semi-satisfying. That was, we have to say, a moment of female agency was when she oh, bit she's the head off. only woman, yeah. <laughs> uh, who has I mean, Tammy of can definitely eleventh hour some shit. <laughs> Tammy's lo- gonna feed us some more lines as viewers to make sure we're keeping along. Yeah. I would love for the finale to literally address nothing. <laughs> that would be my dream: is that nothing is. Answered. I mean, maybe the better question is who's the Roadhouse performer going to be. Ooh. I mean, it's gonna be Julie Cruz. It's gotta be Julie Cruz and yeah. Trent Reznor. I hope the Trent Reznor reprise. <laughs> Paul Jeez. McCartney finally. <laughs> I've got uh, David's book here with the McCartney interview in it. Yeah. You know, they're buds. I think um, for this to feel like it has the like payoff, I want it to. There's gotta be some amount of unresolved. Yeah, at the end of it too. I don't want it to tie everything up with a nice bow. One thing I thought about it being, won't. For no. this being, I think very consciously, like I think they knew that the last two chunks would be aired together, um, and like we talked about, like in the meta sense, like this knows it's a show, but it was pitched to us early in terms of setting our expectations as the eighteen-hour movie, something that I've a trap I've fallen into, but also a lens I've tried to see it through. But like that was a fucking cliffhanger, ass cliffhanger, and not only that, it yeah. like calls back to the cliffhanger we were left with. At the end of the original run of Twin yeah. Peaks, one of our characters looking in a mirror. Looking in a mirror. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like 
I guess this is a thing I want is like, I want the, whatever image they end this on to also be something that sticks in my mind, the same as Cooper looking and seeing Bob in the mirror. Like if Mm. I want to not tie everything up and I want there to be something, some, something potent at the end there to, to chew on for, I guess the rest of, well, I guess until October and Mark Frost explains yeah. everything in his next book. That would be cool. Um, I do feel like the thing about Cooper or not Cooper, Bob and the atom bomb is like that can't be undone. Yeah. So I don't think Bob is going to leave this world. For sure. I don't think I don't think this ends with Bob being destroyed. No. Um, hmm. Yeah. One one real world thing that I, I before uh, this even aired that I was really excited for was and this was this ended up uh, unspooling in a really perverse way is that I wanted TV recappers, which became a culture, you know, over the mm-hmm. past ten years with Prestige TV. I wanted them to, you know, um, all have aneurysms <laughs> over this show. But um, in fact, they all, in my opinion, and I'm not speaking of probably individual good writers who had to recap the show, but they all had to pretend like they were actually they actually loved that the show subverted the weekly recap format yeah. and be like, Oh, we're totally into this. It's great. Finally. Yeah. Uh, but that, and so I know now no matter how unfulfilling it is or how, um, uh, uh unresolved things get, everyone will pretend <laughs> that they were, that they're, they're satisfied. It's gotta be a lot harder. They to won't be these. angry. Like I want them to be. Yeah. It's gotta be a lot harder to write them for this than like for game of Thrones. Like that yeah. you can just like toss And there are off. apparently no screeners. So people are just staying up all night after it airs mm-hmm. to, but it's cool now to, to accept that. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's too late. Right. I, yeah. I, I'm yeah. not going to get my pound of flesh. No. Uh, I like it either. I like it no matter what happens, and I'm not like a TV recap person. I don't even watch Game of Thrones. Yeah, I'm going to like whatever happens because I believe it's art. <laughs> I mean that's fair, and I I think that there I think there's a significant chance I'll be disappointed in some way. But like I, for, for all my complaints I have about what has come before, like I've largely been positive on this in terms of like being a piece of art that I've liked engaging with and like talking with everybody about uh over the last 16 or so weeks Mm. like that's been really great and it's something that even though this isn't the twin peaks i knew before um it's of the same stripe and it's an experience that i didn't get to have having not you know been alive when Mm. the show was on yeah and airing so that alone is like cool and i wouldn't trade that i would i would still take that even if the show was like late season two bad and it's not been that it's certainly been no. far more interesting and i think yeah. better than that yeah. consistently oh sure yeah um low bar but <laughs> yeah it's like wow they didn't have like yeah. little nicky like oh no dick tremaine that's one complaint i have what happened to dick tremaine hanging thread also i almost i looked this up on the phone because i didn't want to shoot by it did any of you recognize the doctor in las vegas no no. The doctor in Las Vegas is played by the same actress who plays the very uh, intense go-getter uh, uh, concierge <gasps> at, yes, at the Great Northern oh, in season two, God. Louis Budway. Oh, uh, that's cool. That is Yay. Belina Logan, and she's not credited oh. as Louis in the credits. She's just credited as female doctor, but it's the same actress. And I, on the second watch, I was like, that's, that's Louis. And because they don't credit her by the, the same name i'm yeah. assuming that that character went to med school and then moved to las vegas and became a doctor because that's I better than so. working at yeah. the great northern for sure and being ben's lackey yeah 
Uh, just wanted to say, like, we did get a small cameo. Maybe she's a tulpa. <laughs> Maybe it's a tulpa of the original Louis Budwin. I believe it. Yeah. yeah. This could yeah. be that, too. It's all coming together. They're all tulpas. They're well, all tulpas doppelgangers. Aren't we all? Regardless of how this ends, we'll always have Firewalk with me. I don't think this is going to measure <laughs> oh, up to Firewalk no, with me. No, that is oh, the yeah. apex If we're talking about the high yeah. bar, I think it oh, will still yeah. remain that. Yeah. Yep. I'm not looking forward to anyone trying to do some backbending to prove that this is a feminist work of art. But yeah. I'm not looking forward to anybody just trying to say it's it's better. It's a continuation, and I like it. Yeah, it's, for what it is right now. Yeah. but you know, I'm saying like right now, it feels like it hasn't steered the ship so astray that it ruins my opinion of everything no, that totally. came before. No, it. Yeah. yeah, probably not. Um, I think this is the best. It's the best. You're of the opinion it's the best. I think yet. that the return is the best Twin Peaks, but it could not exist without the previous Twin Peaks. It could not exist without a 25 year gap. Yeah. 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 Uh, Have you seen Firewalk with me? I did. Oh, yes. Nice. Okay. Yes. Firewalk with me was very it, a mixed experience for me. I don't know. I didn't. I I didn't care about Laura Palmer before it started or after watching it. Wow. That this has been. That's that. Those are the two poles of you thought you yeah. were the contrarian. Yeah, I, have, this well, I was like, left with a, a more more questions than when it started. I was, I, that's I'm fair. okay with that. Yeah, um, part of it though. I actually still think that like it's such it's so good that um, it, and I've watched it since this new reboot began, and it doesn't even really touch it. Like, there's all these cool yeah. possibilities that are still in that movie that. I actually don't think are going to be addressed in, in this at all. Well, and I like that. Chet Desmond, that's for sure. I, I, yeah. And, but um, it's kind of, it's kind of cool. Cause I, I like how self-contained almost the movie is not in its plot, yeah. obviously, but in it's like singular sort of, I don't know, I guess Ashley, you and yeah. I kind of agree that that's like the most razor sharp, pure cut twin peaks that there is. And I, I really love it. Yeah. I, 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 I go between that and just thinking like, I think it might still be of, I think it still might be my favorite trying to say this is silly, but my favorite David Lynch film separating it from being connected to Twin Peaks. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, maybe I'll, when I watch Dune, I'll change my <laughs> tune. I don't know. Uh, did not mean to rhyme either. Uh, so Laura Palmer's cousin is a Tulpa too, right? Maddie? So is yeah, Sean Maddie. Michael Renault. John Michel, I mean. Yeah. yeah, yeah you get that French Canadian. Um, Any actor who comes back playing a different... <laughs> character but is i mean that would actually be kind of cool but i don't it blasts that open wide and that's like one of the things we're like reading back from this new stuff to the old stuff is like maybe just wildly unproductive oh this is real fucked up but what if leland created laura as a tulpa of maddie because he was attracted to his niece (laughs) i'm going with that i like maddie is older and i mean yeah because she predates laura is the thing technically you Although, you I know, was going to ask you this off off, off air because yeah. I took so much time, but I, I don't I, I didn't know what you meant when you said that uh, that, that Leland was um, getting with Teresa Banks before Bob. I don't know. I, I thought Bob was with him since when he was. A well, kid. he Bob was with Leland, but the the idea, you know, in re- now we're just far off me. You can cut Leland, this, but I wanted the to ask you. Action of Leland going and getting some on the side was not a Bob inspired thing. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. I mean, in, but in Ray's killed- performance, he is clearly, you know, acting as Leland in that moment. I never saw that as a definitive distinction. Maybe I need to watch it again. That That is my interpretation, and I will, I will I agree. go to the grave yeah. with that. And I, what I say is that when uh, Teresa indicates 
that she's on to Leland because she puts two and two together about him and Laura. Uh-huh. Bob takes over and is the one that kills uh-huh. Teresa to, in order to yes. con- maintain that like secrecy. Uh, and also because Bob likes to kill. So Bob's getting um, kind of like secondhand smoke from uh, from Leland being bad. It, or he, like it doesn't even matter. Like whenever it's Leland's time, it's Leland's time and he can go sleep with whoever. Uh, Interesting. But, you know, oh, okay, no, that's is, But if yeah. Sarah is the mother. This is the thing. Is and like, the mother gives birth to both Bob and there's also a Laura Palmer orb. Maybe this is the good thing to like end this episode on. Is yeah. Like if. What we have is the mother in Sarah, and if that's implied to have been the case for years, then the entire situation of the Palmer household as we understand it in Fire Walk With Me, and this is a dangerous line that they're walking if they want to tell this, Mm -hmm. means that Sarah has, or whatever is possessing Sarah, some, some vector there, whether or not it's Sarah acting or this other entity acting through Sarah, and she's absolved of anything like was then complicit in the abuse of Laura or that would suck. enabled it. Like, I That'd don't be know. So stupid. I, I hope it's know. not that. Um, I don't know. Everything then again, is bad and no one is good. The one time we did see Sarah act in the way that indicated she was possessed. It seemed like a choice because that guy fucking deserved it. Right. So is it a possession or is or this Sarah having oh, this right. like symbiotic relationship or but just could this have been- power? But she could have been this. Uh, inhabited by the mother after, right? Like it wouldn't have yeah. to have been with her whole life. No, it could have been. It could but have been as soon as it left the box in New York. For all the we know, frog. Mm. If it's the frog, and what the, it's, what the that fuck must is be the frog. Sarah. That must what be the Sarah. Frog. Yeah. What the well, frog? I don't know. If she was complicit in her daughter's abuse, that's actually I think an interesting door. But I don't think two hours is sufficient to explore yeah, that. No, I don't think so. You're you're, sh- you're flashing the time. Yeah. We've talked about Twin Peaks far too Seemed long. Seemed like we were wrapping up 40 minutes ago and I'm late for a meeting. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, we should wrap up then. Um, this has been Twin Peaks Peaks, the 50th episode, part 16. I'm Matthew Olson. You can find me on Twitter. It's at Matthew Olson. Spell it right. That's all I'll say. Uh, I'm Ashley Brandt. You can find me on Twitter at Ashley Brandt. You can also listen to my other podcast, The K-Hole, where we talk about Kardashian news. We're going to be talking about the 10th anniversary special at the end of September. Oh my God, 10th anniversary? Yeah, 10 years. Oh 14 seasons, because season 14 is coming in October. Wow. Cool. Jess? You can find me at Not Jess Lane online. My website, notjesslane.com, is probably the most relevant thing to explore. Cool. Brandon? Um... At Chapo Trap House. Yeah, that's my show. Yeah. Uh, one last shout out to Cole Hamilton for doing our amazing cover art. Cole can be found uh, online. He's at C Far Enough, and his website is colehamilton.com. That's Cole with two L's and Hamilton spelled as you would expect. That's it. Ashley, you could have taken any number of great lines for this, our 50th episode. So I hope you took a good one. This has been Twin Peaks Peaks. People are stressed.